Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Look, I'm going to level with you. I have my own things to deal with. After all, we are about to crap a lovely landing. The Orphans, an original cinematic audio drama, is now available. And now, The Orphans Facility, an exciting new prequel series. Catch up with Season 1 with new episodes of Facility coming bi-weekly. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, from the borough of Queens, in the city of New York, this is the Epic Piecast with your hosts, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer, the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to the Epic Piecast. This is episode... 53. 53! We are now in Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens. My name is Nelson Lugo. My name is Schaefer the Dark Lord. And welcome back, loyal listener, for another, another piping hot fresh episode of the Epic Piecast in your sexy, sexy ear holes. So are we, you're just not going to do the, the old intro anymore. What are you talking about? We took a break. Sure. We came back in April. Yeah. We did another episode yeah. and we kind of goofed on our traditional intro did we yeah by kind of doing it a little more no lounge I'm, radio i'm pretty sure this is exactly how i've always this done is it. not the way you've always no no it. this is literally I'm, I'm sure if we go back to the tape it's not you'll you'll notice do you want me to do an impression of it of what of the way you used to do it the way i used to do it yeah oh this will be great yeah go, go and ahead and then will you do my part yeah okay i'm gonna say that i'm your name okay okay Ladies and gentlemen, stop, stop. Coming stop, to you from stop. the spacious and no, beautiful Studio 60 in Astoria, Queens. I don't sound like that at all. That's, this, oh my God, is the Epic Piecast. That's episode horrible. 53. Jeez. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. I am, I am your other horse, Shaffer, the Lord Dork. Yay! Hooray! That I've I have literally never done it that way. You, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. I, you, you did it for five years. It doesn't matter. We don't have to <laughs> keep holding on to those traditions of the past. You know. You know what? I blame I blame the the time travel. I think maybe you stepped on a bug and uh, something got altered. And because I clearly just don't remember the fact that you had a loud ass cat in here. Yeah, listen to him. There's two of them here now. 
That's right. That's right. Roger and... Roger's crying because right. he just got dunked on. And the other one, Henry, <laughs> is just dunking on Roger. And so they're just going to cry in the background. Hey, Roger, shut up. Okay. That All right. Work. There you go. Hey, man, it's good to see you. I know. It's been a fucking long ass I have time. not seen you in a long time. And not just yeah. because of the show. We took May off. Yes. Because we were lazy. Sure. Then I did an m- episode last month with Francine the Lucid Dream that was all about Twin Peaks. Right. I, w- I had no part in that whatsoever. You weren't even invited. No. I didn't even know what was happening. And so... I, I was told there was, a, there was a new episode because my fucking uh, podcast feed uh, uh, downloaded it. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Sometimes it's just best that you don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, I really liked that episode. Well, thank you very much. Uh, with, you didn't I, know. I liked I liked Francine a lot, and I think she did a fantastic job. And you guys were talking wonderful, wonderful stuff about Twin Peaks. Um, I just wish I knew what the hell you were talking you about. Just don't understand any. Of I didn't. Know. I didn't understand a single word. I mean, I, I understood all the individual words, but uh, those those sentences meant nothing to me. You know, and and, and here's the thing. This is what I'm going to offer you, Roger. This is what I'm going to offer you, offer you because I know that um, my Facebook feed has been blowing up this week about the fact that the new doctor has been cast. Yeah. And there's yeah, a yeah, woman yeah. playing the part. Absolutely. This is news that is not interesting to me. No, not at all. Because I, only because, I mean, I, I like the idea of, of a woman being cast in a traditionally male role. Sure. And I like the shitstorm that it's caused among the very worst <laughs> portions of the internet. Yeah. I appreciate all of that, I, but I'm not a Doctor Who fan, so no. it doesn't really sing to me. So, yeah. you know, when that season comes out sure and there's like there's a few episodes under its belt uh-huh. if you want to do an episode where you bring in a <gasps> guest who is another doctor who's oh really fan, and you can compare and talk about the, ah. the the years and how this fits into the canon and i will take a knee that month because i don't know anything about that's it that's actually a great idea you are welcome to do that and i will i will even produce the episode for you okay well tell you what loyal listener if you would like to hear a, an all doctor who podcast uh, with myself and another uh, well-versed Whovian, then shoot us an email at epicpiecast at gmail.com. That's epicpiecast at gmail.com. I do that. I mean, I feel a little, I felt a little guilty doing an episode. Did that. you? Yeah. Aww. I was hoping, I, I was hoping that I would get the call just to come in to do like the intro, you know. Right. I had a thing scripted. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> but then I made something else. Of course you did. Yes. yes so yes. how have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. And it's not just from not recording the podcast, but yeah. I haven't actually seen you in a while. No, no, we, no. Yeah, we haven't seen each other. Well, we've both been really, really busy. We've both had very busy summers so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I, it's, I just look at you. You're just, you're growing up so fast. <laughs> you look great. You don't look a day over 43. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Um, yeah, you did You did a couple of like out-of-town uh, concert festival gig type things. Yeah, who cares? I did. You know, you, I did you've I, done a lot. I've done a couple of out-of-town uh, festival concert gig thingies. And so, yeah, we just, it's just been a really busy summer for the both of us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still working on that record, which is probably going to be out this fall. Uh, I'm still working on that solo show, which I have no idea when that'll ever go up again. Um, well, oh, but... Uh, I am I am learning something new. What are you learning? I am learning, sir, the noble, gentle art of the DJ. Oh, that's yes. right. You've been DJing these 
absinthe parties. Yeah, my my good friend uh, Don Spiro runs a monthly event. It's an absinthe tasting party. They're, they're parties that are similar to the Jazz Age lawn party, right? In that it's like kind of a costume dress up. People dress up like flappers and <laughs> wear like yeah, it's 20s a, like, vintage fashion. Yes, things it's, like it's, that. It's, uh, there is a dress code. There's uh, um, Men have to wear suits. Ladies have to wear uh, either lingerie or dresses or something fancier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's also an opportunity that if you happen to have any period garb an opportunity to wear it mm-hmm. right um and it's it's done in this really really lovely bar called uh the red room which is on top of the kgb bar which is on top of the crane theater right on fourth street and only in new york will you get a bar on top of a theater that's on top of another bar it's just all stacked up on yeah, exactly. blocks. uh it's a very very lovely space and every single month um they feature a new absinthe varietal a different distiller uh, and uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Kelfire Bray who comes up and he talks about the history of absinthe and the the particular absinthe they would be tasting that night mm-hmm. about, you know, what it is, where it's made, its notes, that kind of thing. And then there's usually like some performance. There's usually a live piano player. There's usually some burlesque and or uh, some other type of entertainment. And I initially uh, pitched Don to be a part of this show because I wanted to go a and B. I didn't want to pay for it. So <laughs> I basically told him, I said, look, do you want a close up magician to just kind of work the room during the evening? And he said, well, I don't know if I can pay you. I said, stop right there, Mr. Man. How about this? How about you don't cover me and you pay for my drinks? Uh, uh, and he said, fine. So basically I get it for free. I do a couple of magic tricks. Bing, bang, boom. My night is done. I get to drink all the absinthe I want, and I and you know Don gets his magic. I get some booze. Everybody wins. Do you like absinthe? I do. Oh, I don't actually. I mean, I didn't used to. I mean, I used to actually hate it, uh-huh. um, but I wanted to give it another try because I because I was under the impression that maybe I was doing it wrong, and it turns out I was actually doing it wrong. Oh, so I learned how to drink it at these absinthe par- absinthe parties, and I've learned to appreciate its more subtle or more nuanced. Uh, flavor profiles. Well, sure, and also yeah. th- now that you're indulging in the whole ritual of it, that makes yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes any drug or drink oh absolutely more fun. Oh, absolutely. And more exciting yeah, yeah, yeah. when there's this whole series of steps. <laughs> and it feels like you're doing well. This there's only kind of I mean, there's only really one step. It's adding really really cold water, very very slowly to like an ounce or two of absinthe. That's huh. it. You know, um, adding sugar to it is actually not the thing you really want to do for really good absinthe. What does this have to do with you DJing? Well, I mean, basically what Don would do is he would basically put on a playlist and hit play and then walk away. And it was, I mean, it was all vintage music, but it was all kind of just, I don't know, stale and kind of Samey. Rote. Yeah. And so um, I started playing around with making my own playlist just for fun just say like i was i just happen to have my itunes open i'm like well if i was gonna make a playlist for this what would it be and then i discovered an app called uh, dj2 on the ipad and it's a full featured dj console digital uh virtual console where you have two decks and you can mix between the two and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff so you know for four bucks i got to play around with this really cool toy and then i basically said hey um do you think i could dj this one time He's like, yeah, go for it. And I did it. Everybody liked it. Uh, I had a good time doing it. So I came back and I did it again. And I came back and did it again. So now I'm the DJ of these absinthe parties where I'm playing essentially vintage music from like the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Uh-huh. You're and not still just working for drinks, are you? No, 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 no. I'm, oh. actually, I'm actually getting paid now. Oh, okay, yeah. good. I'm part of the staff now. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, it's not a lot of money, but I don't particularly care. I like, That's fine. I, yeah, but and I am getting something for my time. Principle. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it got to the point where 
I'm, I now have the bug. I, I, I really love the science behind the whole beats per minute mm-hmm. uh, idea. Um, and I like the, the, the science between um, like beat matching, you know, versus uh, syncing. And like, I'm really like, and, and I've always been someone, and you would even, you can test this. I've always been someone who's never really been that excited about music. No, you have been excited about music, yeah. but you just don't do anything musical. No, no, not at all. You I mean, love music. Well, yes, but I mean, I you act like you 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 kind of don't, but you get it. You have like these little fits where you get yes. into something, yes. and you are obsessed with it, yes. and singing it all the time, and listening to it all the time. But you've never done anything aside no. from learning a couple of chords on a ukulele. You've right. never pursued any kind of musical, none whatsoever, right. none. And in fact, there there would be times in my life where I would go like maybe a month without actually actively listening to music. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since this happened and, uh, and, and a YouTube video by a very popular new uh, YouTube creator called nerd writer did an analysis of Bruno Mars song, 24 karat gold mm-hmm. and it's history. Like, you know, where like all of the influences it's pulling from and back, you know, back to like James Brown and funk and, all, and even, even further back than that, tracing it all back to the culmination of this Bruno Mars song and how this Bruno Mars song is the perfect sort of uh, synthesis of all of that history. Mm-hmm. And I just got hooked. And so now uh, I bought, <laughs> I bought a very, very cool beginner uh, sort of um, digital mechanical turntable con- console. Yeah, it looks a little bit like a Serato yeah. kind of setup. Yeah, basically it works with an iPad. It works with that program DJ2 and I'm loving it. Huh, so Nelson Lugo yes. is now a DJ. Yes. Do you know? Do you want to know what my DJ name is? Please. Uh, DJ Lugotronic. DJ Lugotronic? Yeah, my dear friend Schaefer the Dark Lord gave me that name. No, I gave you the name DJ Lugotron. Oh, that's right. No, that's right. No, that's my name. Lug- yeah, DJ Lugotr- Lugotron. Lugotronic. Lugotron. That's it, it. Lugotronic is an adjective. Lugotron is like a model of yes, a robot. I am. I am Lugotron 430. Lugotron 430 is a. Yes. It's a. It's a lower model. <laughs> One might think you would be Lugotron 2000 or something, but 430. Yeah. Well, whatever. You working your way up. You're, oh yeah. You're no, modest. Baby you steps. got your feet on the ground. Baby you know steps. where you came from. Baby steps. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is fascinating information for me to learn that you are yeah. now getting into DJing yeah. for a number of reasons, which sure. I'm hoping without me saying explicitly, uh-huh. our audience will pick up on, on the context. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. This information is very interesting for me indeed. Is it? Yeah. We will just let this seed that I've planted. Uh-huh. We will water it and let sure. it grow inside yeah. the mind of C. Muldrow. Like a like a like a like a funky chia pet. Like a funky chia pet. You're kind of looking like a funky chia pet. You've got like a column what? of like kid and play hair right now. You leave my hair alone. That's right. It looks good. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Barely have hair. So I see that and I'm like, look at that. The dark tower indeed. Uh, it's well, it's ha- it's half the height than you're you you normally Damn. see it. So yeah. Damn. It's still it looks good. Why? Thank you. Uh. You know what? Like I, like I. There's a, there's a part of me that wants to talk about like the pop culture stuff I've been consuming. Yeah, you know. But the but 
the issue is it's like it's no different than the stuff I've already been consuming and already talked about ad nauseum. Yeah, movies, video you know, games, movies, comic books. books, video. Yeah, like I mean, it's the same stuff. And I like I don't know if I have anything new to add to the conversation because, quite frankly, you know, I'm not I'm not so plugged into the the you know that hot vein of news and action and i have even less to talk about than you because since last month all i do is make songs for junk drawer 2 and watch twin peaks and i already talked about twin peaks for two hours (laughs) of francine last yeah we're not talking about and i don't think anybody wants to hear all my thoughts about what's going on in wwe right now no no i mean unless you want to do like a good like a rest like a two minute wrestler's corner I'll, i'll go on too long fair enough but like as a, I mean, as a New Yorker. As a New Yorker, yes. As a, as a New Yorker who's plugged into the New York entertainment scene, and and I guess specifically, sort of like the, the sort of underground cabaret scene, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the the burlesque scene, the sideshow, the 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 variety entertainment that's not for tourists, right? right? Um, a lot of stuff has been happening. A couple of big stories have broken in that community yeah. uh, since and, the mean, last time we recorded yeah. together. And, and we, I don't, and I, I don't know how, I don't know how important like non-New Yorkers will care about this. But I think, I think the overall message or the overall mm. sort of themes about this, I think, are kind of universal. No, I think that they will care because I think that if you just take the burlesque part out of it, or maybe if you have a burlesque scene in your in your city, yeah, then you would be able to relate. But if you have any performing arts community or yeah. any performing arts yeah, in your yeah. scene these stories will still ring true right. these are these are stories that affect primarily the burlesque community um just for the uh, a quick recap of the backstory obviously nelson and i have had a foot in the burlesque community for a very long time it still yeah. kind of comes up a million years ago we were both burlesque hosts for hire right uh then we <laughs> met and we became friends and we produced a show and then we continued producing that show and the show became very successful sure very popular um we both kind of got burned out by it yeah. and stepped away from it and kind of continued just hosting shows on uh on the side the way we had before yeah but like hired guns that happens less and less now because <clears throat> the scene has shifted into where there are now fewer male producers in right. burlesque and more women producing and even fewer male hosts right. in burlesque yeah. more women hosting as, as well as should be two things that we both support wholeheartedly absolutely like there's no reason for the yeah. the tired trope of the the dude in a suit who hosts a show full of naked ladies right. to be the mouth when there right. are very talented performers and and talkers in these shows that can do that job and oh, yeah. making us irrelevant yeah yeah i don't really do it anymore i i recently hosted a burlesque show that was based on pro wrestling but that was only because <laughs> i do a great impression of 80s wwf ring announcer howard finkel sure and i just because i know the language of wrestling yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. and francine the lucid dream who does the pink room shows i still host all of those because right. it's a bigger thing than just a hosting gig. I do three yeah, or four costume yeah, changes exactly. and character like you're, work. You're actually doing like character work and cosplay. And, and I have a, and... a tremendous wealth of knowledge on the topic oh, that I can share and get laughs out of to keep the show moving along. Yeah. But other than that, I don't, I'm not involved in burlesque. Anymore. I still, I still have not so much in New York city, but um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm still a known quantity uh, in burlesque communities outside of New York city. Outside of New York. Yes. Yeah. You're not getting any work in town. No, no. And that's fine. Like I'm not, I'm also not seeking it out either. No, but Uh, that's also in addition to us not being as involved in the burlesque scene and us embracing this shift of more and more women producing and hosting. Yes. In addition to that, you and I don't have any friends anymore. 
Well, yeah, ever since ever since you stepped down from Epic Wind to finish your album, uh, and you made the exact right call on that one. Um, and then I, I, I did it for, I guess, what, another two years after mm-hmm. that? Maybe. Maybe. Tops. Yeah. And then um, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which being exactly what we're talking about. Like, I didn't, I was becoming increasingly uncomfortable with being a cisgendered straight male being the mouthpiece or being the face of this primarily, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to be perceived as a, as another dude profiting off the talents of women. Right. You know, um, I'm sure I was never perceived that way, but like I could see the writing on the wall and I, yeah. I just, I, 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 it was time to sort of like bow out gracefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, burlesque communities outside of New York still, you know, remember the times I did those things and I get invited to host like festivals and sure. other shows outside and things like that. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's wonderful to, it's a, it's a wonderful validation of sure. sort of like my tiny, tiny contribution. You're a great host. You've always yeah. been a great oh, host. Well, All of you. the disparaging things I've said about you over the years, <laughs> I've meant every one of them, but I've, I've always sincerely truly thought that you were an excellent MC for whatever event that you're hosting. I think that you are a natural with a crowd. You're 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 perfectly. You've got a nice combination of sweet and surly. Like I I think that you're. I've always thought you were excellent. I've ripped off so much stuff dude, that I've seen you do over the years, dude. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert! I'm basically doing a really bad shape of the dark or impersonation. Okay, up that's there. enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but regardless of the fact you regardless. are still getting work outside of town, that doesn't change no, the fact that we have a lost a lot of friends. No, no. Well, because when we we worked with a lot of people, yeah. or, or a, a very core number of people for many years when we were working yes. burlesque and. I can't, I guess, speak for you, but I have lost almost all of those friendships. Well, They've almost all entirely been burnt to the ground. When our Blessed show ended, when I stopped it, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to me, and again, this might be me just, this might be a very jaded thing to say, but it seemed to me the moment I no longer had anything to offer them, they no longer cared. Yeah. Um, that, might be, that might not be true of all of them. No. You know, I'm not, I don't no. want to issue a blanket statement. <clears throat> but by and large, that's what it felt like. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like I hung on to some friendships a little bit longer, but then various other complicated dramas that sprung up throughout the, the burlesque community, mm-hmm. I feel in the past few years has created a lot of tribing up. A yeah. lot of people have like kind yeah. of created camps. And if you work well, with so-and-so and your friends and your, 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 your friends with so-and-so, then you're not friends with so-and-so because of their dramas and, I guess that stuff was always there on a micro scale, but that stuff is a lot bigger now. And it's probably because the burlesque scene itself is bigger. Well, when we started, it was basically just a few dozen people. Yeah, there weren't you that know. many people around. Um, I mean, there was probably more in like the drag scene, you know, because like, uh, there's definitely a lot of crossover from there. Yeah. But when we were starting, there weren't a whole lot of shows or a whole lot of people doing it. And, no. um And now it's just gotten so big that it's it kind of has to be that way. Like it has to just kind of break off into little tribe is because it's too big to support this thing called community which anyway, brings us which brings us to this so <laughs> the eye of the new york city burlesque storm is a venue called the slipper room the slipper room been around for ages remodeled it's a big cabaret space they have three shows a night yeah they've been they've been basically a burlesque house for as long as anybody can remember. you can produce your own show there you can get booked into the shows there they have their house hosts Blah blah blah. It's it's the place to go for New York City burlesque. Yeah, if Everything. you are if you are an aspiring burlesque performer, that is the place you go to get work. You go there and hang out, and it's like 
Studio 54 of burlesque because you see everybody <laughs> hanging out there. Oh my God, there's Mick Jagger. Oh my God, there's Grace Jones. Except they're not Mick Jagger and Grace Jones are a couple of a-holes that don't talk to you anymore. Right. <laughs> Recently, the owner of the venue, James Habacker, who also uh-huh. hosts a couple of his shows in, in various costumes and characters. Sure. A couple of years ago, there was this big controversy <sighs> yeah. where a sideshow performer named Rush Hicks, uh, who worked Coney Island sideshow, yeah. he was booked in one of the shows and his explanation later is that he didn't have anything to do that night, so he thought it would be shocking and edgy to come out in blackface. Yeah. Now, of course, a number of the people in the community cried foul for good goddamn reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That it was. He it was, was all, he was fired from his Coney job. He was uh, all of his bookings at the slipper room were taken away. But the way James handled it in, a, in sort of like an apology, not apology kind of way really left a lasting bad taste in the in the performers of color in the community. A lot of the know. performers of color were already feeling not so welcome there because... He never booked them. Because they didn't ever get booked. Their yeah. shows are so very white yeah. and pretty consistent body types. Yeah, and very heteronormative yeah. and, and, you know, very classically American. And I was saying consistently, there's exceptions, of course. Oh, of course, of course. But it had already but been a criticism large. that, like, a lot of performers of color didn't really feel comfortable or, or yeah. welcome there. Yeah. So this blackface incident happens, and, of course, the guy loses his job, Rush Hicks, but when James, when this thing starts getting press, and it's on their Wikipedia page now, if, when this starts getting press, he didn't really apologize. No. He kind of like passed the buck. Kind of. I mean. He kind of said, he I'm basically sure. said, I'm sorry you were offended. I, I'm but sure. I don't want to censor art. <laughs> this kind of lofty shit that like yeah. men's rights guys do when they like, they want to use a racial slur. They can't. Get away. Yeah. I mean, he, he basically tossed the, the people a bone by saying that all of his all of his bookings have been canceled but also like shit the bed by saying you know all art is fair game or all things are fair game when it comes to yeah art. nothing's off, off yeah. topics you know. which, Everything can- which was like an, like an apology not a, I mean I'm sure if you asked him he would say that he apologized and I'm sure if you asked everybody else they would say no he, no, never, he no. never apologized absolutely not so anyway, that flash forward that shadow had been hanging over them for a while for a um, long while they tried to yeah. like a lot of performers of color still wouldn't go back there. Um, I know at least one producer, Bonnie Buxom, started producing a show there and started using her position of having a show there to produce a show that was predominantly performers of color, yeah, predominantly different body types, yeah. to kind of use her in there as a performer to yeah. then produce a show where she could get stage time for like different bodies yeah. That, yeah. that wouldn't normally get stage time there. And so it felt like maybe some like strides were being made in correcting the, the wrong. Well, and also like James over the years has started hiring more, more people of color and, you yeah. know, and, not so much. Well, more than usual, more than zero. Let's yes. put it that way. But yeah, um, but it's, it seemed like baby steps in two years. Exactly. Exactly. So, a couple weeks ago, James was hosting one of his shows. Um, he shouldn't host. Um, He's, his material's terrible. He likes to do this thing where he dresses up like a, like an old-timey Borscht Belt comic named Mel Fry, who's yeah. like super offensive because he's old-timey and his values are wrong. Ha, ha, ha. Drunk Uncle Saturday Night Live. Except not funny or thoughtful or smart or careful or or punching in the right direction. Yeah. So he's on stage and he's, he's saying a bunch of things and he says the R word a bunch of times in, yeah. in, in, in like his material. Yeah. Uh, a black woman in the audience well, kind I of mean, heckles him and challenges him on him and says, yo, the R word is an offensive word. So he kind of breaks character and launches into this thing where he's like, no, I'm, you know, there's taking back the word. Like all of the hip hop artists who took back the N word. But he didn't say the N word. He said the N word. <laughs> Yes. And continued to say it. He's like, you know, if you say a word so many times, like N-word, 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 you take the power away from it. And blah, 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 blah. And I think he, in his 
in his mind, he thought he was doing some kind of Lenny Bruce thing, except that was 70 years ago and it's 2017. And here's yeah. a white guy on stage just vomiting the N word repeatedly. Yeah. The woman who had this experience felt really fucking of hurt by it. Of course. And wrote and a post. personally attacked. Absolutely. Right, personally attacked. And it was because he was directing it entirely at her. Exactly. And posted a thing online and then it uh, blew up. a storm kind of blew up and people started chiming in on this and, and adding their own comments to it. And James wrote an apology and it was a non-apology. It was, I'm sorry, an audience member was offended. And everybody yeah. said, nope, do better. Yeah. And then he offered another one where he just used the word sincerely. And they were like, nope, you're still not doing it. And you're still not saying you're going to do change things. Like you're going to book more performers of color. You're going to step back from the mic. You're going to hire more women to host. Yeah. You're going to acknowledge that your beliefs of what makes up comedy is shrouded entirely in your own privilege that you can't fucking see. He offered a third apology. They, they kind of get a little shittier each time he offers one. Yeah. And it's not doing anything. So there's like number of performers of color are now like, we're not, we cannot work here. We will not go here. We do not feel welcome here if this is the way it is. And people who are apologizing. A couple, a couple of shows even pulled out. and Including the aforementioned Bunny Buxom show. Yeah. Like, I cannot in yeah. good conscience continue working here with this mission statement yeah because she does this inclusive diverse show that like now it's on the stage that is associated with the guy who went on the n-word rant all night <laughs> yeah and then Jesus continue God. and then later on like the it, the incident itself was one thing but it's the the fights and the comment threads online afterwards where half of the people are constantly saying you are fucking up James you need to do this better and listen to the voices that are talking to you yeah. and the other half that are always white guys or white women giving their like being apologists like James has always been really nice to me and I don't think he meant any any harm and then the people of color coming back saying like yo intent does not negate impact and them both sides kind of doubling down. I can't say that the, 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 the people of color are doubling down. They're just still trying to be fucking right. heard yeah. in the noise of all these still. white people saying like, but James is and that constant defending uh, your friend with shitty character defenses and saying he's never done it to me. Yeah. Which is which is like the go to justification for when your friends or colleagues do something really horrible their first go-to is, well, he's always been wonderful to me. Yeah. Or he's always been wonderful to that person. Being a genuinely good person most of the time and being and doing something absolutely fucking horrible or not mutually exclusive absolutely traits. Absolutely not. You know? And also, a person's experience with somebody is not going to be universal. No. People who are shitty are not typically shitty to everybody. Everybody's got somebody who likes them somewhere. Yeah. And somebody, and even even the nicest people have people who hate their fucking guts. The worst is a bunch of white people chiming in in these conversations, being like, "He's never said anything hurtful to me." Well, fuck yeah, of course he hasn't, because he didn't shout a racial slur at you. That doesn't affect you because you're white. You are being protected by the same privilege that is protecting him and his reasoning in this case. Yeah, so like, that was I'm not making a sacrifice here because I already didn't like. The slipper room, it mostly bothered me because it was just like ghosts of Christmas past when I would go there. Most of the people between me and the bar are people that I don't like anymore. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in the same camp. Like I haven't been going to the slipper room long before the blackface thing because um, I made a comment about how horrible James is as a host. And let's face it. He's fucking horrible. He's I terrible. Mean, He's terrible. It, this is not an opinion no. on me. This is objective fact. Like, if no. he didn't own the venue, he would never get hired as a host. He doesn't need to be on stage. He should just run his venue and yeah. hire more talent. Um, and so I actually said that publicly 
And then I, I got blackballed, essentially. Oh. Yeah, I was blackballed from ever performing there. I mean, it was never like an official thing. Like, I never got a phone call or an email. Yeah. But like, I would, I, I went, I went from being hired to never being hired, which is fine, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, it was that's on me. Like, I said something. You know, I, I was critical of someone, um, and they weren't there to defend themselves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's on me. I, I'll, I'll take the hit for that. But so I, I've, I've which is, but it's hilarious to think about that dust up in retrospect, because right now there are people (laughs) by the multiple dozens jumping shit. I wouldn't work there now. I wouldn't work for a producer who was just producing their own show there. I couldn't fucking do it. Mm, I mean, yes, I, I'm conflicted on that. Like I've been, I mean, I've not been going ever since the blackface issue. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that was the moment I decided I was never going to go back there again. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, like there's the there's the showbiz part of me, you know, like that lives by the first and second rule of showbiz. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to begrudge anyone who needs the slipper room payout to pay rent. No, I won't either. Morals. I mean, morals and ethics and scruples are all great. Yeah, I'm not con- until you I have absolutely, to pay a bill, you I will know? not condemn anybody. Yeah, neither why. But. Who's going? Who's who's going there? But they're gonna get who, massive side eye from me. Who, you know what I mean? Who, if they're going there and they're working, because there are a lot of like full time performers. If they're going there and yeah. they're working like Friday night, Saturday night shows, they're regular. And, and, they're, and they're regular. They're I'm not gonna give them shit for like, doing it. They're, because they're that's on their payroll. You if know they're I mean? pro- if it's somebody who's like producing some vanity project and they right. don't need the money, yeah. yeah, then fuck them. I will condemn them. Oh they, sure, sure. It's sure, only sure. because they like the venue and they are all white, so they don't have to worry about anything i mean i'll I'll still have a lot of judgment about it uh, and the, the, all of those performers will get like a bit of a side eye from me like really mm. but you know what at the end of the day if that's what you got to do to put you know a food on the table then fucking go for it you know what i mean right. here's the other big story yeah so i said there were two this is the other big one yeah there is a a boylesque performer former king of boylesque which if you don't know means that there's uh there's a, a summer year, thing called a yearly the, competition. the Burlesque Hall of Fame yeah. weekend in Vegas, and there's always a queen and a king crowned, and a couple of other trophies are given out. Sure, sure. Uh, he's a former uh, king of boylesque, a beloved performer from the Pacific Northwest, and he tours around the country. He tours the lovely. world, yeah. yeah. His name is Russell Bruner. Yeah. He's, his thing is that he dresses in like kind of old-timey swing dance clothes, and he has a carny mustache. and Basically, he's like the oil can Harry of the yeah. burlesque scene. Like, like the sort of cartoon villain. He's beloved, decorated, headlines festivals. But there have been whispers for years about all these various women from the scene who have stories about how he sexually harassed or sexually assaulted them. Right. There are a lot of these stories, and people know those stories, but everybody looks the other way because, well, Russell Bruner's always been really nice to me. Right. So anyway, these these stories have been building for a while, and people know these stories about Russell Bruner. Yeah, because well, they've been passed around yeah. like like, you know... Like an old tale you tell around the campfire, like ghost stories. Um, you know. So uh, a month or two ago, three performers in th- who live in three different states who don't even know each other that well. They'd been talking together online and they'd been sharing notes and everybody like new stories about this guy. So they got together and they drafted an open letter saying like, Russell Bruner is a member of this community, beloved member of this community, and his name is tainted with these allegations everywhere he goes, and nobody seems to care. They wrote it under the the auspices of trying to get him stripped of his crown from, right. retroactively from right. the 
Hall Burlesque Hall of Fame, this sure. Exotic World. They posted it online. They didn't give a fuck. They put their names to it, and yeah. they, they invited members of the community to sign, sign it, it as yeah. a petition, saying like, people don't feel safe at shows, and above all else, performers should feel safe at shows. Yeah, and absolutely. Instead of constantly making space for this guy at the table who gets to just kind of strut in, twist his villain mustache, and do whatever he wants. So this thing went online and collected like. 300 signatures and along the like number of people that were like you know what that's good enough for me i heard uh, if, a, if a woman told me that she was assaulted that's enough for me yeah. because it should be um <laughs> but then there were also like other performers coming forward being like wow now that you're talking about it this happened to me and this happened yeah to me. They all a whole started coming up. lot of other stories started to come out of the woodwork he like tried to shrug it off and posted a little youtube video where he's like sitting on the fucking dock of a pier with like a little old timey like muscle man black and white striped <laughs> tank top and a and a jaunty hat like kind of smirk into the camera brr, 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 getting sidetracked patting himself on the back for some noble thing he'd done months before and saying that these people were just trying to take him down because of that uh, he didn't take it seriously no then eventually he posted a number of statuses about it and the statuses got more and more defensive and the comment threads on those got explosive oh did and, they oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't read any of they them. were mostly people being like Fuck you. He even fucking in one of his statuses admitted, oh, I haven't always been the best. Oh, that's right. I think I remember reading this about how nobody in the burlesque scene is, you know. Oh, we're not all angels. Yeah, it's the like, burlesque scene. Yeah, no, we're, like nobody in the burlesque scene is an angel. And which, which that's when I started to like, wait, no, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I, oh, the I, worst is that he was like, all right, so I know I haven't always been great. I know one performer <laughs> that I might have like kind of pushed things with, but I wrote to her. And like we cleared it all up and she gave me her permission to, to post this. And so he copy pasted their correspondence and said, look, we worked through this. She explained to me that I was wrong. I understood it and I apologize. So we're good. And then she went public and was like, he edited that thread. I never gave him my permission to go public with it. And here's my version of the story. Fuck. So your defense, your defense for ignoring a woman's lack of consent was to ignore a woman's lack of consent in your defense. It eventually got so explosive. He deleted all of his posts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that makes sense. There are people that will still defend him to the death. Mostly, of course. And they're mostly guys. Because, mostly guys. Yeah. Because false rape accusations are so common. They're not. They're not. Um, I think he's probably lost uh, a festival gig or two out of it. He didn't get yeah. stripped of his title. Um, no, but, no, but, but they, at but least were, now people few... are people are talking, yes. and and yes. people who do book him, people are going to be more aware of his backstage behavior. Yes, there are... and that's a, it's barely a well, penance towards what they wanted, but no, but you know what? It's 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 more than what they had before the letter. It's more than just whispers being yes. Passed. It's it's out in the open. People know now. Here's here's the thing about about coming to the defense of really horrible people. Okay, I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there is a part of me. That understands that if a friend of mine, if a close friend of mine, like, like, let's let's get into this because I think this is the this, this is the whole reason why we wanted to talk okay. about this today, and a lot of the stuff has been going on. A lot of the missing stairs are being whispered about, you know, in dark corners or all over burlesque, you know, stages all over the world, mm-hmm. and with this whole Russell Brenner thing. And so what I what I have been doing for the past couple of months is playing a, a hypothetical scenario in my mind Mm -hmm. and it goes something like this what if tomorrow it was revealed that you Schaefer the Dark Lord my best friend in the whole wide world Mm -hmm. my brother my confidant my best friend what if a woman came up and said 
that you sexually assaulted her. Mm-hmm. What would I do? That's the question. What would I do? Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, a lot of different scenarios play out. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it comes down to this. I think I can't abandon you. Right. I can't. I don't think I can. I don't think I can physically, emotionally abandon you. It would be like abandoning my sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. However, I would make your life a living fucking hell. <laughs> Good. I would be fucking relentless about you either fessing up, making amends, or like just dropping off the face of the earth so that no one ever hears from you ever again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or something to that equivalent. Like you either make it make it right, um, own up to it, or dis-a-fucking-peer. Dis- yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would not fucking stop until one of those things happened. About a year ago, another male host producer of the burlesque scene uh-huh. got called out on sexual assault yeah. accusations and tons of people came to his defense. He's always been nice to me. This is a witch hunt. And then like five more women came forward and that he just dipped. Yeah. You know, I'll say he, that guy's a piece of shit and I have never had respect for him and even less now. Yeah. But he walked the fuck away from the, the scene yeah. entirely. Deleted yeah. his like all of the social media yeah. uh, presences that were like connected to burlesque and just went away. He disappeared. Yeah. He disappeared. That's, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's not, I don't know that he's changed any of his behavior, but I doubt it. he left. Yeah. He didn't like still hang around and insist upon his entitlement to belong to that community like these other fucking assholes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's what you would do. If it, Well, I mean, I think, I mean, it's, it's probably a bit more nuanced than that, but I mean, that's the broad strokes. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think a day would go by where I wasn't knocking on your door like yelling at you demanding accountability yeah yeah like demanding you do something yeah like not being attached to what you do per se but do something yeah you know yeah and i don't know if i would reach out to the survivor because i think that would be i don't know kind of horrible to have the best friend of their yeah attacker do something anybody who knows me knows that you're my exactly closest and i don't and i don't know i don't know if i would write anything on social media about it either like I don't think I don't think I could I don't think I could write anything that either condemns or defends you. I think I would be fucking radio silent on all matter, uh, because I don't think I, I don't think the, I don't think there's anything I can say that's ever going to be satisfactory to anyone. No, you know, um, and I think anything I say could be interpreted as me either being apologist, being apologist, or or abandoning you, which is also not yeah necessarily a good thing, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you're a fucking stand-up guy. So I never. Have I'm to be in- not a stand-up guy, but I haven't sexually assaulted anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a shitty guy, but no, you're. But- I can. I can. That's one thing I can tout, and I can tout confidently. You're. You're a shitty guy, but you're not a fucking criminal. I'm not a sexual predator. Yeah. You know, if I were in the scenario and it were you, yeah. and if suddenly people it broke online, so yeah. and so posted a story online and yeah. said Nelson Lugo sexually assaulted me, my first reaction would be. That happened. Yeah. It would not, my, my, my reaction would not be like, this is a mistake. This is a misunderstanding. This is somebody with a vendetta against him. He would never do such a thing. Yeah. He would, uh, this is somebody who's got it out for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's, yeah. who's, she's misrepresenting the situation. There was a communication. I wouldn't do any of that. I would just absolutely believe right. that that happened and that you did it. I think what I would do is I, I could not publicly align myself with you. 
I don't think I would totally abandon you. I would I would definitely not post anything in your defense online. Right, right, right. It would be expected that I would acknowledge it in some way. Either of us being silent about this happening with the other one would be deafening silence. Yeah. I would say I'm I, aware. I, mean, I wouldn't even know what to write. I, I would say like I'm aware, I'm disappointed, I'm talking to him, but I need some time to gather my thoughts. Yeah. But w- this podcast would be done. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do this with you anymore. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't align myself with you as closely as I have. I would take like a public step back. I would also make your life a living hell and demand accountability, (laughs) but I would still be there for you in some capacity, but only under the conditions that there was some sort of treatment or amends being made on your part. Not not in that thing where guys say like, well, I'm working on my problems when they're fucking not. No. I would need to see some sort of change out of you. If it came down to like an ultimatum of like choosing sides between the survivor and you. Yeah. I would choose the survivor. Yeah. You'd have to. I would have to. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah, I guess what, I guess you're right. I would have to say something along the lines of, um, I'm aware of what he did. I believe her. I think ultimately, if we didn't find a way to make it right, our friendship would be over. Yeah. It would be, it would be fucked. Yeah. It wouldn't be easy. Oh, we haven't used the bleep all episode. <laughs> it wouldn't be easy like if you were some piece of shit like so that I could just fucking bounce and be like good riddance I never want to fucking see your face again you piece of shit uh, that because that would be easy that was easy in fact yeah when I found out about that that was easy well the, the good the good news is that I I fucking wrote off long before I found out that yeah. he was a fucking monster garbage fire yeah you know the, the the you know finding out that he's a monster garbage fire sadly i wasn't surprised i just sealed your envelope yeah and just like before i just thought he was a piece of shit and i just wrote him off and didn't care yeah now i think he's a fucking horrible human being and now he has my full and undivided attention oh god I just wait for terrible things to happen. <laughs> and there's no chance that he or any of his shitty friends are listening. Oh, God, no. But if they are, no, no, no. fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you. And you know, while you're at it, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, that's good to know. I'm glad to know that we are on the same page. And I mean that sincerely. No, I'm no, glad yeah. to know that you would fucking bounce because... Yeah. That's the person who I hope my best friend is. I will say this. Bouncing is a last resort. Well, I for guess. Me. All right. You know, for me. Like, I guess. All right. That's fair. We both kind of have qualified bouncing. Yeah. We both be there and an angry arms link. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, you would not be rid of me. I would be a fucking albatross over your goddamn head until something was made right. Yeah. I just think, you know, at the end of the day, believe women. Oh, and also, when you say you believe women, you toss around the hashtag believe women. <laughs> that doesn't just apply to James Dean's victims and Bill Cosby's victims right. and, and Jared Leto's victims and R. Kelly's victims. And that also involves your fucking peers in your community who tell you that your fucking friend actually assaulted them. You don't get to then check out and be like, oh, well, this is different because he's always been nice to me and because I'm choosing to remain neutral at this time because continuing to align yourself with a predator is not remaining neutral. And that goes for the venue shit too. Yeah. Like if yeah, yeah, yeah. if you have been producing a show there and an owner gets on stage and shouts the N-word and it's it doesn't really affect you because everybody in your crew is white, by continuing to do your show there, you're still publicly acknowledging that you're okay with that. 
And I guess I want to I want to end on this because um, there's probably at least one person listening to this thinking it's comedy. Comedy is all fair game. Everything is fair game in comedy. To which I will say, you know what? You're right. I would agree with that. On 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 just the theory alone, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to use the N word in a as as part of a setup or a punchline to a joke and have it be hilarious? Yes, I would say in a world of infinite possibility, absolutely. It's been done before. It can certainly be done again. However. And I'm going to use a really horrible analogy, so please forgive me. Oh, God. The rubber chicken. The rubber chicken in comedy is the lowest punchline you could possibly make. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to bring a rubber chicken on stage and have it be the most hilarious thing you've ever seen? Absolutely. The kind of comedian you would need to be, <laughs> the genius level comedian you would need to be to have a rubber chicken be the most hilarious thing you've ever seen in your entire fucking life would have to be the fucking Einstein Stephen Hawking of comedy. Unless you are a genius level comedian, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. stop. Look, making making audiences uncomfortable in comedy is a tried and true tradition. Yeah. And I think and I think also important yeah. because it pushes the art form forward. But you like just be fucking smart. Most people aren't. Most people aren't. Most people host shows don't have a history in comedy. Not at all. And they don't have the comedy chops. Most of the and, co- comedians who are like open mic comics think, "Oh, well, I like so and so who says this and this and this and I can do it." And those are those are skills that take years to develop. Years. So, which is a great segue. Oh, it sure is. To our uh, guest uh, guests, guests. On this, guests on this particular Well, do you podcast. want to take a break and bring them out? Um, yeah, let's take a break and bring them out. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in just a moment. He walks tonight. He does not care if he's wrong or right. He feels all right. He's looking for a fight. Pikachu, how many Pokemon did you kill today? Small yellow murderer, there's got to be a better way. You don't have to catch them all in your little Pokeball. You don't have to be the best that no one ever was. You don't wanna be the next. Dead PG in this Pokédex, no, you don't have to catch them, no. What kind of sick, sick man just beats up on Pokémon? Do you have undiagnosed issues with your dad? Daddy, no! A licky tongue with a punctured lung. Bubble fan, you cut off his head. them all in your little pokeball you don't have to be the best that no one ever was you don't wanna be the next dead in this pokedex no you don't have to catch them hey don't kill don't kill don't kill no pokemon today don't kill 
the best that no one ever was You don't wanna be the next Dead Pidgey in this Pokédex, no You don't have to catch them 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 It's not very effective You don't have to catch them No! Ladies and gentlemen, our guests on the program this month are a comedy music duo from New York City. Their debut LP, Sam and Bill Are Huge, recently reached number one on Amazon's comedy charts. Please welcome to the program, Sam and Bill. Welcome to the show, boys. And also bravo on the song that you just performed for us. <laughs> well, well, thank, thank you, you very much. much. No, God, stop. Stop. Don't. No. no it's I will, good. It's good. I will Does punch this, this upset you? you? I will literally choke you with that mic cord. Listen to that harmony, though. Is it? Oh, feel it. Is it harmony? Oh, sweet Lugo. See? It's lulling. It's, I a hate, lull, it's a lulling harmony. I literally hate everything about this right now. Swing low, <laughs> sweet Nelson Lugo. Coming for to carry me home. See, he's feeling the spirit. He's, yeah, he's got yeah. it. He's got yeah. it in his bones. Apparently, you I, got, made, I got the power. You just became a guest of, uh, musician in their band for Oh, yeah, you second. did. Yeah. Uh, I get Sam credit. and Bill no, and you know, Nelson. This is great. You're the you Ann Young of our band. I'm sorry, Nelson, you're not working out. Uh, we're going to have to drop God you. damn it! Uh, yeah. It was, it was nice to have you, though. I mean, you did a great People job. People will fondly remember the Nelson moments. We're going to put this as, as of our footnote in our, in our biography. Am I now an asterisk in the yeah. history? You're, you're of, a very yeah. tiny you're really You're really the fifth Beatle to the sixth flight of the Concords that is us. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I hate interviews that, that open with this question. And, then don't do it. I'm, I, 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 I feel like I've got to. I feel like instead of asking the question, I'm just going to speculate. Oh, I like it. Oh, okay. So, okay. So let me go ahead and tell you how Bill and Sam got started and how... <laughs> I, I want to hear this. You're going to tell the story of Sam and Bill? I want to know. I want to hear this. Yeah. All right. Sure. Go, go for so it. So Sam and Bill, they were yeah. they were working the open mic stand-up scene. Sure. They, were bo- they both had sets, but they are both just kind of struggling to make the material that like click in a yeah. way that their fellow comics and audiences would, would appreciate. Rightfully so. Rightfully and, so. And one night at a, at a terrible showcase, uh, they locked eyes Is across the room. Is there any other kind of showcase? And then Sam produced a guitar. Oh, and they looked at one another and they they was he? they spat out a song sure. and they said, you know what, kid? Together they both said this in, in unison. They yeah. said, You know what, kid? Yeah. Together, Together we are we stronger, are stronger than, than two ones. Two ones. <laughs> so they, they they're greater than the sum of their parts. They they are They make up so together each of them make one comedian. They are the <laughs> constructicons. Who have formed Devastator. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I see. But no, seriously, though, how did Sam and Bill get together? Um, we were in a exactly sketch that. Com- yeah, exactly, exactly that. that. And we still play that song that we wrote spontaneously on yes. stage to this day. And it goes like this You know I like bread. Wow. It's remarkable. Yeah, now it's and it's that's the dope. end of the song without, the, without the guitar. It, you know, it's losing. No, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's definitely there. Well, Typically, I mean, this comes after like a twelve-minute prog rock solo. Yeah, and we then can't it goes, play that right now. Scooby Dooby Doo Up. You know, I like bread. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. kind of how it all began. It's magic. Uh, thank you. It's um, it's something we worked on for no time at all. 
we uh, we met through sketch comedy. Yeah, we were. Oh, sketch comedy! I was totally wrong. Uh, any, yeah. uh, anyone in particular, or yes, uh, there's a group in Brooklyn that uh, still exists. They're still there. Called uh, they're called American Candy, and we were part of the original sort of roster. And we were taking a subway home from a show we did. <laughs> Actually, was this the one at BAM? It may have been the one I at BAM, or it one. may have been another one. But yeah. for sure, what, what, what American Candy liked to do, and the person who runs it, uh, Holly Harper, does, is that she likes to write her own original songs sometimes uh, for those shows. And so, alternately, we were both doing comedy songs in this sketch comedy group. But, but not with not each together. other. Yeah. And, uh, but because of it, Sam had written, I think an original song for one of the shows and you had yeah, your guitar around yeah. like a lot so we were going home on a subway after one of these shows I can't remember exactly which one but um, it was whatever one where I was playing that Jerry character who sang Alejandro uh, in the sketch because you started playing the Lady Gaga on the train back because right. it got in your yes, head yes, it yes. wasn't I don't know if it was Alejandro or, or Poker Face or something. it was probably Poker Face because I knew that one who knows? but regardless yeah. is that we just started jamming on Lady Gaga yeah uh, and so she she brought us together <laughs> yeah thanks Aww. Steph thanks Steph it's all, yeah. it's all for you. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then, you know, subsequently, once we were both kind of, you know, moving it past the, the group and getting into other things, like, we hung out as friends. Yeah. And Sam, this is his idea of hanging out as a friend, was just having his guitar in his apartment. And he's like, Bill, we should sing songs and hang out. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And, uh, I don't and really we, know how to hang out like a human being. Yeah, it wasn't a, where, a normal social call. I feel like whenever I, I make a friend... It'll be like, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. Do you want to start a new project and work on that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm capable of expressing love through work. Yeah, he's, he's huh. exactly a, a, like a exploding, constantly exploding supernova creativity, but directionless. So, uh, like a we, fart. Yeah. <laughs> like a good, like, like, a, like a good smelly gaseous yeah. cloud. But, but like um, an interesting fart an interesting where you're like, is that yeah. wasabi peas? Mm, it's definitely some sort of spice. Yeah. So I think that what happened was is that we started jamming on like Bowie and Toto but, yeah, Bowie was and the big unifier Bowie was the big unifier with Space Oddity was the big one and then Radiohead Radiohead was the other one and then that night I, I'm pretty sure it was literally that night because I was in there I was at your apartment in the afternoon yeah. and you said oh my god we should go to Penny's Open Mic and just play these songs in front of an audience tonight and just goof around on stage and yes. I was like I have nothing better in my life that I should do Penny's, this right is now that, was that an, an open mic? it was yes. an open mic oh, yeah. uh, theater okay. under St. Mark's theater under St. Mark's yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. oh this was a while ago when this was, was a while this ago this was 2009 yeah wow oh yeah, yeah. we go that far back yes. wow yeah because um, like she hasn't she hasn't run that open mic oh, no. for a long time she moved oh, yeah. away and then I think she she got married. Not to derail, but that was the same year that our both of our marriages collapsed. Oh hey. no! So you were and born we became better friends. The, yes, out of the ashes, we were the, of we our were the phoenix of the exactly. ashes there you of, go. of your ability to trust again. So you get. <laughs> So the two of you are like, we're gonna go down, we're gonna go to Penny's, we're gonna do these songs that we've been goofing around. And we, yeah. I think at that point we had come music. up with cover music, but we had come up with two or three stupid bits to do in between the cover right. music. And so it was like it was it was kind of like if you've ever watched this very old Danish comedian from like the '60s named Victor Borga. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was very Victor Borga in that it was like it was covering songs that people in the audience would know, but then the banter in between the songs would be where the comedy. By the way, this is a retcon. We never talked about Victor Borga. No, but I thought it. I thought it. Oh, sure you did. Okay, all right. Sam is retconning here, but but for sure, in retrospect, that is what we were doing. Was there ever um, a shared affinity for the Smothers Brothers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. But not together. Not again, not... We didn't share it to each other. Oh, I, I think that again, separately, we were thinking of yeah. that. For sure, my mother, as soon as we, you know, I told her that this is something I was into. You're I like the Mothers Brothers. Brothers. I was like, you guys are like the Mothers Brothers. I was like, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I, I did. Yeah, I, I, sure. I found the, I, I always knew who the Mothers Brothers were. They were always in the oh, background yeah. of the programs my grandmother would watch. Oh, know? yeah. But right. it wasn't until uh, I got a little older and one of my hip hop friends almost obsessively samples. Smothers Brothers records really? for, for bits all the time. So I ended up listening to a bunch of them on tour with them. Their material holds up really well. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's yeah. still oh, like, yeah. just hilarious and, and funny. It was, and it was very topical comedy, but very subversive, you know, uh, yeah. anti-political. And they as. birthed a lot of the great comedy minds of the subsequent generation. Oh, absolutely. Steve Martin was one of the big writers one of their for the big Smothers writers. Oh, yeah. Comedy Hour. Yeah. And, you know, and since we're kind of on that topic, too, Sam and I never in the early stages had any particular discussion of anything like Tenacious D or Flight of the Concords. Yeah, of, you know, of making any music at really, all. Really, no. It was just like we're having fun and at times we're punishing an audience by making them look at it. <laughs> we were really... Not anti-comedy necessarily, but we were definitely... Audience like, abuse? Audience like, abuse, for it sure. Was, it wasn't deliberately anti-comedy, but... They, you know, people are like, yeah, write one for you and write one for them. And it was like all for us. It was like, wouldn't it be so funny if we did this in front of those idiots? Yeah. So not that they're, we respect them. Are you suggesting then that the way you approach a show now is different than that? that oh, you definitely. Have a definitely. lot more. Yeah. There's more care. And there's more care. There's more consideration. However, however I mean, we also always are going to carry forward that idea between the two of us of, like, we like to make ourselves laugh, and we hope that people are in on it as yeah. well. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's confrontation. Uh, I yeah. do think we're still kind of audience sadists, it, just in the premises. I, there, It's much more kind of engaging work now that, like, I think most of the audience will enjoy. But there are occasional songs that we write where we're like, let's make a song that, like, four people will hate. Yeah. And the yeah. rest of the audience yeah. will have a good yeah. time. But also, I mean, it comes from that place of love where we're not deliberately punishing ourselves ever in our work. We're not, you know, let's do this because it's stupid and it's dumb and we hate it. Right. So we're like, we'll, let's we'll do it because them. everyone else is stupid and dumb and we hate them. <laughs> yeah, no. No, it's, it's definitely that. Uh, so, yeah. I feel that there is a palpable sense of love that you guys have for audiences. Even when you are fucking with them. Even when you, you know, do your improv song where you pick a, a couple out of the audience. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Still, it's still done... Crowd work and especially in musical comedy can be just so cruel and vicious. And oh, you guys yeah. still make a cruel, vicious song that isn't at the expense of the audience members. And right, I think that right. that really demonstrates a, a, an amount of love that you have for them. We sure. have broken up couples in, in crowds <laughs> well, with that song. The, the worst that we've done with that song in particular is, is sung it to the most available couple that would participate with us and they were the wrong type of couple. Yeah. For instance, the cousins that we sang it to, the two male cousins... 
that we sang it to <laughs> in a in an audience full of what five seven. There were people? maybe five yeah. people, and most of them were comics. All and right. the two people in the front, we thought, oh, they're together. Let's make them the couple of the song. And they were cousins, and one of them left for the rest of the show. Oh, yeah, we, very we upset. Wow, very upset. Yeah. Well, you can't plan. You didn't know that. We walked twenty percent of the crowd with that song. <laughs> yeah, there was a very large percentage. Yeah. Did fifty percent of the paying crowd with that song? Yep. Did any of that material that was more sadistic toward your audience did that survive to this day? No, I mean, well, the sadistic trigger stuff. A little trigger bit. warnings a little bit, but like certainly the principles have survived, but the actual bits and. You know, we didn't have any songs until 2015, right? Or 2014. So we don't 13. have abusive banter anymore because yeah, we just focus on songs. Although that there may come a day where we go, hey, you know, let's put some more work in, like we used to, on the sort of the in between throwaway stuff, yeah, song to song. But as it stands now, like it's really all about the music. It really whereas is. Before it was just about the banter. It was about the banter, and then it was it was definitely there was that dreadful Swaziland benefit, which the, was yeah. the, sort of the crux of the sadism of those bits. Well, and we stopped. I stopped halfway through one of the banter bits because it was about it was a bit about you know death or something and you right. Know. Well, first of all, we were the wrong act for this. We were show. terrible. Anyway. This was <laughs> us. But, but, <laughs> let's, but let's be honest, Sam. The the reason why we were kind of contemplating it at all is because half of our act was just cover songs. Right. So we were. <laughs> Hi, Cat. Roger yeah, knows. Hold down, Roger. Yeah. 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 So we were doing, you know, Toto's Africa and, uh, you know, Space Oddity and stuff that, you know... That stuff was accessible. We thought, right, it's accessible. It's songs that exist already in the sphere of the world. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is a sphere. Lost, lost that metaphor, but... Uh, Unless you think it's flat. Uh, it might be. No, it's not. Uh, so uh, we, we thought, okay, well, well, this is accessible enough, and then we can just sort of hope that people will go along with our bits. And only when we were staring at the faces of, you know, these bewildered people in this, you know, overlit conference room <laughs> right. with Oscar Mayer meets on oh, the, dear. Right, on the, who were, again, oh, dear. there to raise money for starvation in Swaziland. And the, the bit was, there's a line which is like, we're... All of our banter was about like what rock star life lives we lead, right. but it was also all about like how we actually think we lead rock star lives, but we don't. So and with him, he was talking about this music yeah. website. Or, well, I first you say you know I first you say well like what, what kind of rock star stuff are you into? And you said something. To I say, said Activia. Activia yeah. I think I so said I was getting really into Activia. <laughs> yeah, and then you asked me what I was into, and I was like, oh, I'm into spinach. And I'm like, yeah, like a le- like the leafy green. That oh, no, seems no, no, healthy. No, no, no. That doesn't no, seem rock star. No, no, no it's a, it's a website. Oh, spinach oh, spinach. Oh, oh, spinach dot spinach. Like, like music, like spinning records. No, no, it's just a uh, running slideshow of dead people with wild horses in the background. <laughs> and then he points, he points to, a- to the audience member and I say, you were on it. <laughs> and halfway through saying that bit, like it just didn't click in my head that like this is absolutely the wrong venue to yeah. be doing this. And, and I stopped and like the bit had no ending that day. Right. Like it just sort <laughs> like, also basically. Off. Pretty and much the entire benefit was spinach dot spinach. Like the whole thing was a slideshow of dead people, uh, and <laughs> oh, like so, like fuck. it was a wrong. It yeah, could it not have been terrible. The worst thing. Were you the only comedy act on that show? Yes. And they, uh, yes. Really? And, and they, they were like, "Oh, we'll bring some levity." Yeah. Or no, did they think that followed... you were just an acoustic cover band? I don't even know what. What they else thought. was on the bill? We followed an original violin piece about the pain. Of, of the region oh, like it was so God. bad Shit. I shut my brain down looking at the other acts that were doing what they were doing because I didn't want to 
Because we're like, we're reality. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> we're, we, we marched to the beat of our own drum. Yeah. And it was like, oh, they'll like it. There'll be a yeah. different change of pace. And let me no. tell you, that tepid Oscar Mayer meet. Because uh, we were we were <laughs> not room paid in drink tickets yeah, or no. in money. We were paid in Oscar Mayer sandwiches, yeah. which we made ourselves at the back of the room. Uh, yeah. And a sweet story to share on a podcast. And a sweet later. story. I want to share one more too. The yeah. fact that the mm. fact of not fact the story of the time we first wrote our first original song. Yes, because our first original song was a song about the movie Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, um, <laughs> which to this <laughs> day neither of us have seen. To this what. I haven't seen it. Have I you seen love it? that movie. It is one of the best Mission Impossibles. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Sam, by the time we did that song, I had seen it. I haven't seen it. All right, anyway. It's a really I was good, under it's the impression. Really missing out I was under the impression neither of us had seen that movie. No. I don't know. How, what the fuck? We didn't write, write it from a perspective of seeing the movie. No, we, no, we, we didn't We deliberately need to. wrote it as people we who deliberately like, wrote it as guessed what the movie was right, about so based on the trailer. let me tell them why we did that. Okay, why we did that was because we... Again, through one of our random, well, Sam's random contacts, I think we found it was out a Craigslist, it was a ad. Craigslist ad or something. Somebody had the bright idea to do a comedy, short comedy set, like 10 minute, 20 minute set mm-hmm. of, you know, two or three acts in front of movies in movie theaters. Like but of course, they yeah. couldn't do this at an AMC or, a, you know, a Regal because those chains, yeah. have their, their it thing. It was the uh, Herpes Express in Coney Island, whatever <laughs> it's called. I remember the name of the movie theater. It's it, probably mothballed now. It was all the way out near you know mermaid city or whatever yeah yeah and it was uh it looks like it was around when a brand new letter of hepatitis was created it was, it was, it was scary but you know we were both loving this concept because hey it's a new thing to play with so instead of doing our normal bits and set because we were only going to be given like five minutes or ten minutes right like we were like oh let's write a song to introduce the movie but the joke will be oh we haven't seen the movie you're about to see so we're just guessing what's in the movie you're about to see right so there was a bunch of jokes about, uh, you know, um, there Shaun was, of the Dead's in the film, and they're in a Scooby-Doo van. And, and uh, they solve mysteries with a pet hedgehog named Jasper. Tom Cruise keeps beating bad men off. And, uh, yes. You know. there, was a lot of, there was a lot of phraseology of Tom right. Cruise loves beating men off. Yeah. So uh, we had a good time writing that song. And it took, like, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah, it did not take long. <laughs> when we did it. And does that song uh, exist? No, and I'm the- still angry about it. Oh! I still want to bring it back just as a joke. Yeah. And, and Sam is, is not It should that be song. recorded for it you got to do I like a like. collection of like yeah. B-sides. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, a B-side. Record, it's definitely yes. a B-side. But, yeah. only never be... but recorded on cassette tape. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we will release it only on cassette and only on one cassette tape too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have It'll be like thing. the Wu-Tang album. Little hunt, pa- yeah. You pass it and around. You know yeah. what? And we won't even sell it. We'll just mail it to Shkreli directly. We'll just mail it to Shkreli. It'll just be Shkreli's <laughs> personal cassette that we make for him. <laughs> like what? If someone sent me a song about Ghost Protocol. And we'll just send it to Shkreli with a note that just says, you know what it means. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of anthrax powder, too. Yeah, <laughs> just, we'll put, the anthrax powder is the, the part that I really think we should include. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, that started us. And I, I think that, you know, it didn't really click then, but every so often when we get together, we thought about doing it. And then you started hosting your show uh, or co-hosting your show. Right. I had this uh, variety show at The Stand where uh, I was co-hosting it with like a, a YouTube celebrity named Lauren Francesca. Several people though. Her mostly. But her mostly. There was a few other people Yeah. And Who's Lauren? Couple... I have no idea who that is. A YouTube, YouTube personality. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's... End, end of story. Uh, and um, <laughs> no further details. Yes, that that you know, you now know everything. Um, and uh, there were some weeks where, like, she'd be in L.A. because she lived that sort of busy YouTube celebrity life. So busy. And uh, so then I would, instead of hosting the show solo, I would bring Bill in, and we would do our act at the top of the show. 
Which, you know, because we'd gotten used to each other performing together. Yeah. And then we would just do the bantery thing because that's all you really yeah. need to do as a host. But you're still playing covers. But we're still, point. well, covers and then we would just do our bits too. Right. And just and, little but bits. that's really when we started writing stuff. And we wrote a lot of songs that really could only be used in the context of the show. Two or three. Like there was a song, there was a song that we wrote about like counting votes because there was a show where we had people vote for their favorite act of the night. Yeah. Oh. There was... Um, my favorite, which which you know was a concept that maybe never would have worked, but it was the P song, where mm. there was a break intentionally oh in the that middle of the amazing. lemonade for, stand for show. intermission. For yeah. intermission, yeah. people would actually be encouraged to go and you know go to the bathroom, get a new drink, whatever. Um, and so Sam was like, had the brilliant idea: we should write a song for this break. But it should be about the break. That would be the pee break song, so that people would know where the pee break in the show was. Right. So oh, it was convenient. So basically, would you play for the duration of the pee break? We would play, or just, oh, we would, we would play literally until someone left to pee. And so similarly, and we we had similarly this, to our to our principles and, right. and you know interests and, in, in and, you know audience aggression, we right. would we would sing over and over. It's time to go pee. Like right. pee, it would pee, just pee 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 and just over like that vamp for like a solid two minutes, dozens of times, yeah, over and over and over until enough so that people would be like. Like, oh, Go. they're just doing this. Yeah. We're not going to miss anything. Because, no. you know, when you start playing yeah. a song, people are like, we were oh, just I want to turning into, like, human Jeopardy music, basically. Right. It's, it's like pause menu music. Right, right, pause right, menu right exactly. Music. Yes, exactly. Uh, good, and then we would comparison. wait for someone to leave the room. At that point, the song would change. <laughs> as soon as w- the first oh, wait, person I, would leave. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, now, now that, that fucking idiot left in the middle of our song. It's going to get real good. It's going to get real fast. That was the plan all along. We hate that guy. He's a dick. He hates the blacks. He hates the Jews. He hates the left. He hates the right. He hates me. And he hates you. He's just a big sack of hate. A big fat ugly sack of hate. Just a big sack of hate. A big, big fat ugly uh, sack. There was like a micro penis micro, line in there. There was something about that. Something baby dick sack. I hate. Right. And we would just write. And then we would try to get the <laughs> remaining <laughs> audience members sack. in on it to, to clap along. To clap like, along. Okay, big, guys. Big sack. I hate. Big fat ugly sack. Ladies. Big sack. I hate. Big fat ugly sack. I hate. You know, and we would do that until this person that we turned it into like a jammer remembered. Their face or something. Yeah, uh-huh. we come back from the bathroom and immediately we're like, as if nothing happened. So, see, here's the thing. What a great concept, right? That's a great gag. In what world would that work out at all? No, because it, nobody it, it, left the fucking room. <laughs> nobody left the room, and even if they did, nobody would have come back at the yeah. exact right time that we would need them to come back. Yeah, and so would, so it would like they would hear that something was amiss. Yeah, uh-huh. even you, if yeah. they come back, they would, would be like, a, "What's going on?" Because there would still be some lady being like, "Why are we clapping?" Like they're yeah. you know. So we played that is to my memory, we played it twice live. Once at the lemonade stand, and what's at Caroline's? The punchline is once at Caroline's. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was a, maybe a mistake. You that did was that at Caroline's. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was and uh, you were never our last time there. That was, that. in fact, our last time. Yeah, that was our last time. Yeah, because they're yeah. like, uh, I mean, you have if you're if you're getting on a showcase at Caroline's, you have precious minutes. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't no. And we spent half our time on. Yeah, that was your one time at Caroline's. No, no, we did three times. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, three times. Oh, okay, three times. Huh. But that yeah, was, I, that I, was, I, that was yeah. the last one. We kept getting invited back, uh, and then we did that song. 
I don't remember what was going through our heads that we convinced ourselves that was a great idea. We were like, people I are think it was like this. we had just finished that song. We were like, oh, now we can use it. Oh my god, if you'd been friends with us at that time, I would have convinced you. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, do yeah. that. Oh, Wouldn't no, have I taken much. I would have, I would have talked you out of it. I would have, I thank you, Nelson. I would have said no. We would have used you as a plant, and you would have peed. That's that's god. what I kept saying. Yeah. We need to do if you need we brought plant. that back. We yeah. didn't. Now he would have smirked. He would have, he would have broken the nope, whole thing. No, I don't break. No, people would have known. I don't break. I don't break. Hugo, don't break. It would have to be you because I, I'm from the boogie down. We don't break. Okay. Okay. I've seen you a handful of times now and I, I love the record. And, Thank and you. There's, there's a couple things you do that I love. And one of them is the um, incredibly surprising turn in a song. You're doing a song yeah. and it's maybe about how inept you are at sex. Let's say. Right. And then in the middle of the song, it just because of like one line, it goes off on this tangent for like a minute and a half about Wolverines and then <laughs> so that the audience is kind of left going you just uh, that's not what this song was about but they're invested in it because it's still a hilarious bit and it's got a lot of energy and then you bring them back into it and they all applaud because like oh yeah you were singing that thing we're all high um, let's talk about that what <laughs> I wanted to say to that that made me think of it is when we wrote that particular example that you're referring to we did is, not plan on that at all I know it, we didn't plan on it and the, the joy of writing songs with Sam for me and I, I think he feels the same way is that we'll suddenly get on a, the exact same wavelength and we can't speak to why that is you know we can't say why one's following the other or not I think it's just the long period of time that we've known each other and gotten to sort of understand each other's sensibilities and sense of humor. And it's not, it's beyond sense of humor. It's, it's literally a sense of, oh my God, wouldn't that be stupid? Oh my just, God, yeah, that'd be so dumb. It, it becomes this yeah. giddy, almost, you know, juvenile impulse of, we kind of know where we're going with this now and, it and comes, we don't know why, yeah. there's no logic to it. And yeah. it, it comes just, from the place where our act started too, which is like, an audience will never see this coming. Yeah. yeah. And it, it definitely comes from a place of like, Wanting to do our act not for an audience but at them, yeah. Mm. Where yeah. we do, where we just want them to like, sorry, hang on, it's gonna be a ride. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, it's the Willy Wonka um, dark tunnel of yeah methodologies. Yeah, the rowers just keep on rowing. Yeah, I love that stuff. I love a good twist in a song, and and I love especially how you you did that in that new song in the. the Oh, yeah, we, thank you. What is it? We Wikipedia? We Wikipedia Kwanzaa. I think yeah. we're just calling it Kwanzaa, though, aren't we? Are we? I was calling it We Wikipedia Kwanzaa. Uh, we'll have to talk about that. We had this album, you know, idea a few months ago in terms and of also, it's the, the holiday album. And also, the whole album idea is exactly like a, wouldn't it be dumb if we did wouldn't a holiday album? Wouldn't it be dumb if we did a holiday album? Yeah, so it's, and also, what, 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 it's called Christmas in July. We started literally just writing a song with a riff one day and thought the phrase Christmas in July was funny. Yeah. And then built the idea of just completely stupid, tiny, petty victories Right. You know, in life. And uh, that was our funny joke. And then as soon as we were singing the phrase Christmas in July, we were like, we just both simultaneously were like, we should do a holiday album. Yeah. Because that's the dumbest thing that we could do. And it doesn't make because any also, sense. Like, it's also, like, in the, the, in the summer. It's, is, the, is, hackiest, yeah. is the, yeah. it's yeah. the hackiest thing for real artists to do. And we're us. Yeah. But at least the real artists, <laughs> like, you know, they're cashing in on that. They're cashing we have in no during the holiday. We don't have any cashing that's happening. Yeah. So it's the wrong time in our careers. <laughs> it's the wrong time of the year. So that was it our idea. Couldn't be more wrong, and and I feel like you know part of the Trojan horse thing ties into Christmas in July because the, the actual song Christmas in July, which it's going to be out in like a week and a half because we don't have a lot of July left, or depending on when this comes out, it will be out uh, eleven years ago in two thousand seventeen <laughs> over the summer. Yeah, and, and 
Um, it was a good year, 2017. Yes, it was a good one. It, it will be the final Thursday of the month. Oh. Yes. Yes. If it's down before then, there'll be a link in the it, show notes. Then, yeah, you know that's what? great. It's probably going to come it's out like a day or two before. A day or two before. Right. Perfect. Um, well, cross the, promotion. How how the song ends is very much kind of like a. Why did you buy this album, you idiot? The first, the end of our first track is like a "You're so stupid for buying what, this you album, idiot." But thank and, you. And so part of it, it, and it ties into the Trojan Horse thing, is an element of like we create a story and they we and then we go, "Fuck you for caring." Did you care about that stupid thing we just did? You're a moron! Oh, we God. do like manipulating emotions and then stomping on yeah. Imagine if the oh. movie Inside Out got to the point where she leaves on the bus and then just a bomb falls on the bus and then just all the <laughs> then joy in her head just gives a middle finger to the camera and just goes, <laughs> You idiot! Bing Bong comes out and takes the shit on the credits or yeah. something, you know. Like, it's... it's yeah. I have uh, tremendous... Spoilers! Res- I have tremendous respect for that because I have... I have uh, I feel like in like the second half of my career I've spent most of my time writing material to feed my growing disdain for my audience oh my and god so, yes you so, have. and so everything you're saying everything you're describing are these, these tricks and like making, it's ter- see Mark we're I, just starting there so happy. we don't yeah. have the fan base that you have and we're yeah. just shitting on the we're movie. alienating <laughs> nobody we can do it on the way up and the way down <laughs> uh, see I mean as we're like we're that like makes barking. me nervous. Like to hear you. I mean, as a, as an artist, I love the fact that you 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 use comedy in a way to usurp the idea of comedy, and to turn it on its head, and to like I don't, like like point a ha ha finger at an audience that is taking you too seriously, right? Sure. That as for me, for what I do, like that scares the shit out of me. Well, well you kind sure. of do the same thing. You also have disdain for your audience, and you literally spend your entire time on stage lying to them. Well, that's what's so interesting. Yeah, about but they magic. know I'm lying to them. It's a, it's yeah, a, but it's you a, do lies cons- within lies. <laughs> God, if somebody says so- Inception, I'm gonna break a bottle of their fucking head. No, we won't. Um, but you know, are we dreaming? Uh, but basically. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? I don't remember how we came here. Uh, so, but the thing is, Nelson, is that I, I'm, I know that you do this too. We're we're relying on our inherent charm as people and as showmen well, yeah, to absolutely. get them through that. Where yeah. it's not it's not the antagonism of say even an Andy Kaufman. No, where it's like that guy you know was obviously okay with starting a fight with his audience. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. antagonistic right. to that point. And and he would be like, come in, and then he'd be like, fuck you. We're almost like we're like comedy barkers that stand out in Times Square that are like, don't come to the show. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't live in New York City, nobody's gonna be there. Um, You're gonna. Starving comedians will stand out on the corner of Times Square hawking tickets so they can get People five minutes Comedy of stage Central time. Are yeah, they're not gonna be in like, the show. They're going to be like, you like Aziz, you like Louie, you like Tina Fey, they're going to all be there. Yep. That's <laughs> George Carlin's going to be George at this show. Carlin. George Carlin's there. You like George. Lenny Bruce? Lenny Bruce is there. He's doing a 10. <laughs> uh, when I first moved to New York, I interviewed to do that job. Really? When I was like, I couldn't find any work at all. And I was like, interviewed. I, I, so then you didn't do it. I interviewed for the job to go and stand in Times Square and try yeah. to get people to go to comedy shows. Oh, Have you ever yeah. seen the Craigslist oh, ads for them? Yeah, that's what I responded yes. to. Yeah, they're so funny. They're like, do you want to do the worst job in the world? You're going to hate it. You might hang yourself. <laughs> oh, they didn't say it then. Then they were like, oh, comics want stage time? Uh, why, yes, I do. I would like oh, some stage no. time. Right, right, and right, I, went, yeah. I went and met this guy who was just like cocaine wrapped in skin at like 9.30 <laughs> in the morning, hadn't slept, and was like... Uh, oh god it was just it was fucking horrible Ugh. and I, I literally told him that like uh, uh, I, where's the bathroom and like left 
yeah. and like left <laughs> this place where I was talking. Then I would love to take all the Craigslist ads for that and plot them out just like to see the spiral from how they got oh, to like, yeah. hey, do you want stage time? To oh, like, hey, yeah. it's not the best, but we got to pay our dues. Oh, yeah. To like, you're going to fucking die. Oh, yeah. There was there was no, they were no sugar. There was it's no sugar the, coat. It's the like, most. Is your life a mistake? Yeah. It's the most jaded. <laughs> it had not gotten Craigslist that dark. Yeah. So ours. Come yeah. on down. Join yeah. us. Have you made bad choices your entire life? Make one more. Yeah. We're one all more? dying. Stand outside. <laughs> we all bark down here. <laughs> Here's another. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna redub the it trailer so that yeah. they come upon the little kid and they're like, "Do you like comedy? Do you like comedy? Do you oh. like comedy? Do you like comedy?" And then the clown comes and out. The clown comes out. That's perfect. And then like the the anti-Semitic Elmo obviously has to be in it because it's oh, all God. Times Square. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's also for those of us who don't live in New York. Uh, the Elmo hated Jews in Times Square. Yeah, that, that was one of... The, all 12 of the Elmos. All 12 Jews. of the Elmos. <laughs> the Elmo. They have an Elmo union and you don't want to see their outfits. Yeah. He bad. was like one of those New York City institutions like Michael Musto. Yeah. And un- unfortunately our <laughs> president, president right, right now. That's some deep cuts. Yeah. That is our deep pro- cut. I really do think of our president in the same sentence as I think of like, oh, and like Nazi Elmo. Like he's generally, <laughs> he's just like one of those awful New Yorkers that New Yorkers know. Yeah. He's, he is, he is not the most embarrassing real estate developer in a town that created Robert Durst. Yeah. 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 So you Sex. guys like pool parties. Yes. Yeah, good segue. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, oh my God. That was Profesh. beautiful. Profesh. Profesh. Yeah. That was really Is this slick. what's called the prestige? I hate you. I fucking, I fucking hate you. That was his fucking grip tonight. I fucking, I hate you so fucking much. I, I, at this point forward, I no longer care what you have to say. Okay. Wait, are you bummed that they referenced that movie that's named after a magic term that oh was never a magic term? Did they make that up? Did they make that up? In the, in the entire history of magic, no magician has ever uttered the words, the pledge, the turn, and the prestige in that order ever. I saw Hugh Jackman do it. So you're yeah. you're telling me. I'm going to break this bottle over your head. <laughs> Legendary I am literally magician break this Michael Caine. Bo- <laughs> <laughs> Did gonna, not have a second sparrow? Magic historian to, Michael Caine. I'm going right? to break this bottle over your head, and then I'm going to threaten you with the shards. This guy, really aggressive. This I need guy, you very just, intense. But you know, I'm Nelson, follow up on the what, thing you what are your thoughts on you. the current whereabouts of the horsemen? Because I would really love to know if you saw them or not. That's oh, that's, that's oh wow, worse. that's that's some deep wow. That's yeah, that's deep cut. Yeah, yeah. That is, are you? I'm gonna need, I'm gonna they, need wait, to drink another the, beer the and then the hit you with that bottle. Yeah, because they, that's a separate bottle. That's a wait, different bottle. Yeah, did that's a separate right, bottle. I need to know. Did they call the second? Now you see me. Now no, you they didn't. That was the worst <laughs> mistake in the <laughs> history of marketing. Now you see me too. At yeah. the very least. Yeah. At the very least, they should have called it. Now you see me too. T O O. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. See, uh, you know why they slightly better. You know they didn't want to call it. Uh, now they don't because that would have been that like a prophetic. That would have been prophetic, right? Exactly. They didn't want to actually. Yeah. No executive in the world would have greenlit that title. Oh, we're calling like, this movie. Now you don't see. I'm me. surprised that they actually got away with the whole ten yards. Oh, I honestly, God. I'm surprised, I'm surprised they, they yeah, released like, that. At I, all. I shake my head at both of those movies. Yeah, I don't really it's a understand. very they should have called it. Now you see me too. Quote Revenant. Colon, the sequel. Squeakquel. I want to come back to a question that you didn't ask. He started, he asked half a question, and my job is to bring coherence. Is Daniel Daniel Radcliffe Radcliffe nice? nice. Okay, Daniel Um, Radcliffe's a prince of a man. 
Uh, and uh, wait, he what were we good. asking? Oh, no, pool party! You, pool party! Ask it. You ask it. So you have a song on your on your record, uh, Sam and Bill are huge. There's a song called Pool Party. Yes, and pool party. I believe I heard at a performance that you did when you were introing it that that song appeared in a movie. Yeah. All right. This is this is my story here. All right. So what happened was is that I am a big horror nut. Uh, Bill is and, the biggest um, of horror nuts. Uh, the biggest that, that you know, but I'm not going to pat myself oh, on the back too hard. Huge. Hold on. Like mo- a uh, let's, let's have let's right. have a moment of silence for the the passing of a dear dear. Professional man. Oh my God, George! Oh. He wrote the rules on zombies. Yes. he wrote the zombies. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Romero, for Thank all you. of your work. Thank you, G A R. I hope you rest in peace. Um. So, uh, one of the blogs I follow, blogs, uh, you know, sites I follow. Let's call it a blog. Is, a WordPress is Arrow in the Head uh, off the Joe Blow Entertainment mm-hmm. Network, and um, you know, I follow them on Twitter. Like I do everything just so I can see the headlines and see what's going on. And one of the headlines said. You know, a uh, new slasher pool party massacre to be released in so and so months. Oh, and I thought that's hilarious. This title, yeah, and we had the fact we had that maybe we, two weeks earlier just recorded our song, and pool we had party. just recorded pool party. Oh, you, wait, are you kidding? You already had this in the can. We, we had pool party in the can, but like as a song for months and months. But oh, like wow. recording on the album, we, yeah, we had a the weeks finished before. album recording weeks before we found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, so How I thought that's hilarious. Let me click on this, and then I looked it over. The poster that uh, they had commissioned for their key art is great. Awesome. Awesome. And I didn't even see the trailer yet, but I, I just showed it. I shared the link with Sam and I said, ha ha, isn't it funny that this movie's coming out that is literally about what our song's kind of about. Yeah. And Sam said, oh my God, you should try to contact that guy. Wouldn't that be funny? And I said, yeah, it would be. So I found him on Facebook. Like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> everything begins like, hey, wouldn't that be funny? That'd be dumb. That'd yeah, be dumb. Let's do that. We should do thing. that because it won't happen. That'd be stupid. Yeah. And then I sent him a message. Drew Marvick is his name. Very nice fella. Uh, really cool guy. And um, and I said, hey, isn't this, this is a funny coincidence? I'm in a comedy band. Here we are. We're Sam and Bill. Uh, we have a song like this. Listen to it, and you know, just tell us what you think. If you do, if you don't, you know, good luck yeah. with the movie. Everything. Yeah, yeah. And surprisingly, not only did he respond, but he responded in an ex- overwhelmingly positive way. It was like, oh, this wow. song is hilarious. I love it so much. I'm actually thinking of using it for the <gasps> film. And then we got excited about that idea. Yeah. So we were like, you know what? If you don't mind waiting like a week or two. In fact, it turned out to be like three weeks. But yeah. like. If you don't mind waiting, we'll actually reconfigure the song to fit the movie better. Right. So he he sent us an advanced screening of the movie, which is redonk. Is it it already out? Yes. It's out. It's been out since March, I think. And I'm sorry, what's the title of it? Pool Pool Party Party Massacre. Massacre. Okay, I saw it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yes. I didn't watch it, but I saw it come up in like new releases and and screamed... I think that's the Sam and Bill movie. Yes, it is. And and let me tell you, lots of blood, lots of tits. <gasps> yeah, love you, it. Exactly what you yeah. want. Wait, so where, where's the music used? Is it the music the, is the, the end, end credits. credits of the song? We are is the end credits the thematic that's climax of the film. And so we had we took the song and we took all the stems to the song and we sent them to a friend of mine who I share an office with, who is who is like a YouTube uh, music producer guy. Uh, Say his name. His name is Yoav Landau. He goes by the the Living Tombstone. And so he said, hey, can I remix this into kind of a more electronic thing? And so we went kind of like 80s party electronic. Uh, <laughs> a little dubstep With the, the remix. Yeah, a little dubstepy too. With screams. Yeah. And so we added like a bunch of scream tracks and we added like this sort of synth track. And so now we have this totally new remix version with changed lyrics that, wow. that are about the subject and matter. And right now it's exclusively on the film. Yeah, like we that's didn't release the it ourselves only or place you can yeah, find it. Only place uh, you can find that, that pool version. party mask. Although, I mean, we'll probably 
Yeah, it's a B side album. When we speaking get of ex- <laughs> speaking of exclusive versions of that song, I was hoping since you guys have your stuff here, maybe you uh-huh. could give us an exclusive in studio performance oh. of the song. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Sam and Bill performing their song "Pool Party." Invite all our friends You know it's time for celebration For us the summer never ends Pool party at Jeff's house Where there are no rules We can do what we want now Because Jeff is dead Do you wanna eat an ice cream? It'll taste real good. Everybody loves ice cream, except for Jeff, who is dead. Nobody tell us what to do now, or you will end up like Jeff, grilling up some cheeseburgers. Jeff is buried in a briar patch. We'll start the day with Marco Polo. We say Marco, Jeff says nothing. You ain't gonna find no murder weapon. It's definitely not a pipe. Sipping margaritas poolside. Don't drink in the lake. Unless you wanna meet just family. Would you like a slice of cake? Then we'll pull out the slip and slide Don't peek in the shed Eating lots of mini hot dogs Do they taste okay? They're just normal kosher hot dogs Jeff is only in the burgers We are just two normal guys Who like to kick back in the sun We killed our friend and fuck his corpse But it was in the name of fun So come on down and take our hand Eat some Jeff and get a tan We'll show you where he's buried Also, does this pipe look weird? We can't keep doing this. We have to. Why? Why are we doing... Every time when a new person comes over, we can't... We have to eat, Sam. Oh, that's a good point. Pool party in the summer! Jeff made a new friend. Why don't you come on down to Jeff's house? Where the summer never ends. Here, have some Jeff. Yum. Hey! Excellent. 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 Well done, I like that song, and, and I especially like it because I have never liked a person named Jeff. Mm-hmm. No. You know what? Find me a good Jeff. I dare you. Huh. I double dare. There was a kid named Jeff in elementary school who used to torture me by putting my name into bad words. Hold where, on. Where he basically said, you know what? That was Tara Bill. Uh, what a Jeff. Fucking Jeff. Hold what on. A, that's how do you why we spell, killed him. How do you spell Jeff in your song? Is it traditional With J? With a J. With a J. F. How do you feel about the G E? O-F-F, yeah. Jeff. You can't fancy yeah, your Jeffness you away. Jeff no. You can't fancy yourself out Friggin of being European a Jeff. Jeff. That's like if I spelled Mark with a Q-U-E at the end. Yeah. Douchey. Yeah. 
goodness. All right. You know uh, who's the, who's, who is the iconic Jeff, though? That's Jeff, Gold, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. no, he's a good Jeff, He's, a good Bridges. he's the exception. Bridges? And so Jeff is Bridges. Bridges. Bridges, yeah. Jeff Probst. Classic Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Classic, classic Jeff. Jeff. Classic Jeff. Here's another thing that I was going to say earlier when I got sidetracked. Uh-huh. There's another Trojan horse thing that I noticed that you do, and I feel like do you guys still do some comedy shows, yeah? Showcases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. showcases, yeah. some bar shows. So you work with a, a lot of comedians. Uh, uh-huh. I have been pretty removed from the stand-up comedy scene for many years. I did it when I was kind of starting my act so I could develop material to do in between songs. But sure. Well, I mean, I, it's cool because, like, Nerdcore has its own... It has its own audience now. Like well, you don't have to does. find When I was doing it, audience. when I first started doing my act, I was, you know, doing rap songs about Satan and then telling jokes in between. And I didn't, I didn't uh, know, there wasn't nerd Right, right, right. So yeah. it was when I was living in the Bay Area. So I was going to open mics in San Francisco all the time sure. and uh, trying yeah, to get yeah. stage time and trying to like get better at doing comedy and move to New York and continue doing it until one day I just had my fill because it is a fucking wretched, toxic place to like oh hang God. out. It's the worst. <laughs> so, it's the worst. <laughs> so the thing I was going to say is that maybe you never intended this and I'm projecting shit, but another little Trojan horse thing you have going on is that you just get everybody right in your pocket by being really endearing. And then as the set progresses, there are some pretty progressive social values that like <clears throat> rear their head in there. Absolutely. Which I sure. would imagine a lot of your peers are this not is, always very yes. fond to hear. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think, uh, I mean, the song Yes, All Men in particular, one of the things that has shocked us is that our presence may be so that way. Um, I'm, I, I remember an old episode of Happy Days. I, wow, I'm... I was born in 1990, that's, but I remember an old a, episode of Happy you Days. You are going to the well, my friend. Uh, but uh, but where some I remember when Happy Days was still there's, on. There's a movie director who says to Richie Cunningham, "You know, you have a face. You, you remind me of apple pie." Um, and I feel like we have this. We we build this kind of apple pie ness, this wholesomeness. That's so aw shucks. Yeah, and then we throw something like that in that even the wretched hive of scum and villainy mm-hmm. that is comedy. Um, even these people who, like, on any other day of the week will be like, man, fucking feminism, social justice warriors, will take a song that is explicitly anti-them, like yeah. Yes All Men, and be like, yeah, it was pretty funny, though. Yeah, and that's the that's been the real nice surprise. In right, the sense we expected that, like, so magic. much we, hate work. We expected hate mail. a lot of hate mail, and when we released the video that, um, you know, Victor Venato did for us, uh, we've, we've barely been called cucks at all. Barely been called cucks. Uh, you know, we got like one comment that was kind of awkward. Maybe one on Reddit. Oh, maybe yeah, one that on was YouTube. Weird. Yeah, we got but, this very strange comment from someone who like was probably you know like kind of that Reddit alt right crowd. Yeah, and definitely was, like fifteen years old. Yeah, who was like, uh, hey, you know, I don't know much about comedy because I'm just in high school. But uh, I was thinking like, if you guys are these like cool womanizer dudes, which is apparently the vibe the he, vibe got, he from got from us. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, maybe you guys should stop like kind of acting so gay at each don't, other don't do any gay stuff oh. uh, going forward and we're like alright thanks for the <laughs> thanks advice thank uh, you very much good. that's an interesting take good yeah. take yeah and it didn't make any sense it was rambling and it was long but honestly yeah. when we play when we play Yes All Men it's really fun to watch the crowds that we do it too cause you know some of them I think half of them maybe less than half probably less than half but that there's a small number who definitely are a little squirmy and like oh my god are they gonna go there I don't know what they're gonna do with this and then there's the other part where they don't know if we mean it or not yeah, yeah. first <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. because they're like oh this could go into a place that we're not comfortable with well, right and, you, and can, we, you can either be making fun of it like yeah. they, they don't know what you're about to do right because yeah. Yeah. also like like any comedy 
music duo, we are straight white men. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> and the end every. Yeah, main well, one. Well, break precedent? I yeah. mean... Right. I, remember, I just remember from my times in, in stand-up comedy that there was that, that so much, especially, not, and not all the shows. There were like a lot of great comics that would do showcases mm-hmm. at, at yeah. clubs, but but in the open mics. Oh, it was, edgelordism is alive yes, and well. It was so many. Yeah. It was Oof. just so many straight white dudes who would complain about all of the sex they deserved that they weren't getting yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and defend their rights to use slurs tell, and, yeah, and they yeah. were just they were just wretched and that was their thing and they would all kind of like stand by it in that in that bragging the asshole in high school way that was like hey my thing is I like to fuck with people yeah, yeah right. well part yeah, of part of the great thing is that we've kind of you know for a group of people who claim to so like love the free market for example like the free market has kind of decided on that form of comedy right and (laughs) it's sort of made its decision and it's like well you are really staying in the open mic scene and part of us starting in music is that we started at a very different type of open mic scene so we have basically sort of we've lapped them so now at the time at which like they're getting introduced to us we're already on the shows they're trying to get on right 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 so like now these people have to be like oh no they're sam and bill they're they're cool guys, I guess. Oh, yeah, they have to because that's also just part of the game, right? right. Of the, right. Of yeah, that they scene. have they to have play have the game. To, like, oh, I'm so sure behind our to, backs yeah. they despise us. Oh. I'm sure we have a lot of those people, but we don't have anything to our faces, really. Yeah. yeah. I love it, though, it when you nice. sense it, though. Like, when I get, like, yeah. when I'm on Ooh, tour, yeah, I play yeah, with, yeah. like, an opening act who's psyched because they're, like, they're going to get an audience, but they fucking hate my guts. Yeah. And they come and talk to them, <laughs> and they're, like, and I, and I know because I have Facebook and I've read. And then they're, they're at the show, and they're, like, hey, man, it's just really great to do a show with you. And I'm just, like. Go on. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But wait, no, wait. They hate your guts because of like you personally, or they either hate me because I'm a some yeah. SJW cuck, or oh, okay. or All they right. hate me because there, they resent whole... somebody who had any kind of success, or they hate me because I'm shrill and annoying. Like I know what I sound like, but well, also... I've met like a lot of these peers of mine. They're young, this younger crowd, and part of the scene you know, that I do, been... and meeting them and watching them have to try to like act like they like me. They're oh also... God, that's like the best show of the night there's when a, I get one. Of there's those. actually a contingent of people for them where it's it's cool not to like you mm-hmm. like it's cool to hate on you it's definitely popular it's, wow that's wow. A, well, I, I mean, know how hateable I know Elise. well you know it's so punchable look at this face it's just squishy. I just I want to hit you right now yeah. right just, it was just I yeah, feel it's a slow motion take like a, a fucking like in, in my fist yeah, but it just, like it feels like yeah. it wants to make contact. the line starts behind me okay yeah. alright asshole you'll tenderize him up a bit fuck yeah, yeah. Nice. you know it's I think it's and I think I would like to believe that people grow out of this phase of like being terrified Eventually. of political correctness. Most of them do. Yeah. I feel like most people certainly yeah. because like you just get old enough and you've experienced enough life that you're like, oh, like this isn't threatening my way of life. I'm just being an asshole. Yeah. Like there, there are people who just eventually learn like, oh, I'm pushing away everyone I care about. Yeah. Um, and also leaving that out of it too. I think it's all mixed in, especially with where uh, you're concerned in terms of, you know, is that even? It's also a big part of, of hip hop culture in general. Yeah. In terms of you know sniping at the people on top. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, you're not shit. You know, I'm the new hotness right here. Right. I'm yeah. using Men in Black. Terms. <laughs> no, but that, 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 it's fitting because yeah. they're 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 predominantly a bunch of like young white kids yeah. who have just learned how to use GarageBand so they could become nerdcore artists. They didn't like hip hop before. They yeah. wanted to do nerdcore, and yeah. then they were like, now they're doing an impersonation of all of the elements of hip-hop that they've learned uh-huh. from culture. And one of them is uh-huh. to snipe at the top. And right. Then, every time I've, I've played a con and I get asked to do a panel, and it's always about nerdcore, there's always a question in the audience. It's like, hey, yeah. how do I become a nerdcore rapper? And my answer is just always, stop fucking listening to nerdcore. Just make rap music. Yeah. Right. Just, just listen like, to hip-hop right. music right. and well, make you know, that and, and, and that's extremely... Rap about 
what extremely you like. prescient too, because like, that's impressive in um, you know suave and I can't think of the word I want to use for you savvy right now. savvy thank you um, because that is exactly what we do when we write our songs too we're not coming at it from a point of oh let's try to do what Tenacious did let's try to do yeah. what Flight did yeah. let's try to do what Weird Al did no 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 we're not looking at that as our primary source of influences we're looking at you know band bands that's why you guys are great uh, uh, because I I do have kind of an aversion to comedy music and oh as we, fuck, yes, we have know. an aversion yeah, of yeah, comedy music but you guys you me. guys separately developed comedy chops and learned how to be funny and how to tell jokes but you're also you have musical chops you guys harmonize you sound good together it's not like you half-assed both elements and then stuffed it all together and you were like that good enough mm-hmm. you, you you took them all and and now knowing this history of it that you <clears throat> spent those years honing it. Uh, torturing audiences that you yeah. like. Yeah. You know, I, I think part... God damn, it's the same I, I want to go world. back yeah, briefly totally. to the, you know, the sort of anti-social justice people that crop up at shows because we don't... We're we're also not at a point in our career where we're like, we have opening acts when we go places, but we definitely, we have people in the crowd who are like, you know, uh, we did a, a con called Too Many Games uh-huh. in Philly. And again, this is... Philly, and there was a guy front not even row, real Philly, like camo, out, camo, make Philly. America great again hat, Damn. right in the Whoa. front row, and and which I didn't notice by the way. I noticed. <laughs> Wait, what kind of a, what fast. kind of a convention is this? Uh, it's for games, like it's you know, game, game it's culture, a, it's but a video gaming, games, board games, but honestly, video games also, and YouTube. It's oh. also a YouTube convention, too, like a low key. Yeah, it's run by actually our content network, uh, which is called Screenwave, Screenwave Media. Yeah. Uh, and they run the con and they have all their clients there and then they have like a lot of like a huge arcade room and like a big like you know smash tournament and all right. that kind of stuff but it's based primarily around game culture right game culture, yeah. um, and a lot of you know like game reviewer channels and stuff like sure, that sure 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 uh, but you know one of the things that we've done which is shocking because I don't consider either of us particularly confident people and one of the things we project on stage I think there is some element of like we know what we're doing we're in our element yeah, because absolutely. in the middle of the show we got to a point where like it became pretty clear that what our politics were and that we were like these like kind of New York lefty comedy music and the guy with the camo MAGA hat took it off and crossed his arms and hid it under his crossed arms oh, oh. Yeah. which is probably why I didn't notice it because I really wasn't looking at any of the audience members when we right. started I was you didn't notice it nervous it was camo. yeah I right. was just you know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it blended it in. worked so well the yeah. blue the pale blue walls just really well, holy shit it. that's like a cool game of chicken arm wrestling match that you won right? yeah well, bizarrely just, we won that yeah. you know it, we also just being two people, I feel like it's harder to heckle a duo than a than a solo artist. Oh, like, absolutely! Oh, no, yeah. there's no question yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, because yeah, you're we, all, you're already outnumbered. Yeah, um, and so we're we're just we're up there, and there are there's someone who goes like, oh, they don't share my politics. Am I gonna leave? No. Am I gonna harass them? No. I want to stay for the show, and I'm scared of them, in fact, and I'll take off my thing. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting if we ever get to play, and we plan to, for sure, more and more places that, you know, aren't just big, major liberal urban areas. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting how we carry to these pokes, because yeah. I have no idea, and it could be more of this. It, well, we could get our first heckler. We've never really had one. Yeah. You know? So. Well, as my, as my two cents, as someone who's seen you guys perform a couple of times now, it's like, you guys are so disarming. You know? Like, it's... Yeah. it's, it's you could be because like what Schaefer said, you've got you, you've got the comedy chops and you have the music chops separate, and you decided to put your peanut butter in his chocolate, and mm, you know I do it a lot, yeah. Uh, and so there, I mean, wh- whether whether or not you individually are confident um, because of what you create together, there's a, a sense of 
like it's an act. It's a polished act, right? And so I, I, I think I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Oh I yeah, think I think fun. so too. I think that yeah. that like that's gonna work in a lot of places that would feel otherwise. Oh, yeah. Outside of your comfort zone, they'll feel safe because in fact, I feel you like might, you guys can yeah. win over a cold room pretty easily. And uh, I think I, I think it's I think your your style of comedy will actually make people who don't agree with you laugh. Because you're also very self-effacing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, for sure. So, for sure, we don't want to ever exactly. So you're, you're never, but not to that extent that open mic comics are self-deprecating. Yeah. And that's all the material. No, 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 no. It's, we are never con- that. We are confidently self-effacing. Oh yes, yes. that's yes. a good fucking yes. way of putting yes. it. That's We've a good done the research, and we know why we're garbage. We have the stats. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can't fuck with us better than we can fuck with us. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we've we've already talked about your album. It's going to be hitting. I guess like a the couple new mini of days. albums, the new we'll one, the, the, the new yeah, one, the, the new one, Christmas album. in July, Christmas in July, Christmas in July. Uh, it'll be out by the time you're listening to this podcast, my yes. loyal uh-huh. listener. Uh, and uh, I guess you can find it where? The, the album will be on iTunes, iTunes. Um, and Amazon, I Hopefully think. Amazon. But iTunes yep. for sure. ITunes and for sure. aside from that, we do actually release videos at least once if a week. If you want on Sam and Bill channel. content, you can get it weekly. Oh, I, I, that's, I, I, that's on the YouTube. I subscribe to the YouTube. channel. Yeah. We will put we'll, we'll, we'll uh, the YouTube. Uh, the YouTube link will be in the show notes. Yeah. 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 And they should because yes. there's some great stuff in there. Yes. Yeah. Our next song is about the prestige, so unsubscribe. I hate you so much! Well, I think we're we're just about out of time, so I think um, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and say goodbye now. But I'd love it if you guys could play us out with one more song. Oh, absolutely, Sam and Bill. Thank you so much for being with us on the program this month. Thank you, guys. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. There comes a time when you gotta stand strong. Raise up. Take your brother by the hand There comes a time When you gotta sing a song You're the few You're the proud The straight white man I'm a straight white man Through dark and stormy weather I'm a straight white man And we gotta stick together I'm a straight white man, and if you tell me black lives matter, you gotta say mine does too. I'm a straight white man, and I'm not used to being not specialer than you. I'm a straight white, ooh, look at the children, specifically the straight white males. Are they gonna grow up in a world that allows them to fail? Failure builds character, but who needs character when you're a straight white male? Straight white male, the only voice of reason. Straight white man, equality is treason. I'm a straight white man, and if I act like a really nice guy, then you owe me your attention and time. And I never ever say you have to sleep with me, but if you don't, then you're a bitch. Dictionary definition of racism An out of context quote by MLK Be nice to white people Statistics say the white man not the victim It was satire, stop taking it so personally I am a straight white man, my opinion matters most Straight white man only we can bust the ghosts 
I'm a straight white man and according to the history books we wrote we are the best I'm a straight white man and the world consists of just us and all the rest It's getting hard out here for a straight white man Can't even compliment a pretty lady with her boobs Not getting your ear chewed off Uh, well, actually, I identify as an ally Oh, what's that? Like a feminist, like Lena Dunham or something? You'd think it's like that, but it's not. Uh, I just believe that women and minorities should be equal to us. As long as they're extremely nice to me. Oh. Well, you know, we shouldn't be mansplaining to each other. You're right. We, we should, should be man agreeing. Yes, all men. Yes, all men. Yes, all men I'm a straight white man Once again, we would like to thank Sam and Bill for being our guests on the program this month. Those guys are great. They are great. Those if you'd like really to funny. hear more, check them out at samandbillmusic.com and uh -huh. links to all of their Music videos and their website will all be found in the show notes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm actually I'm actually a big I wasn't kidding. I'm a big fan of their YouTube channel. It's really funny. They are really funny. Yeah, they're, and their YouTube videos yeah, are yeah, funny. Yeah. And I hate them because they're funny and smart. And they, make it, <laughs> they make it look easy. Oh, they're funny and smart, and they can sing. Yes. So I kind of resent them. I want to punch them in the face, but I kind of want to shower with them. Yeah, and I kind of like I want to like attach my name to them in some small way. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to? I have, I have a great idea. Yeah? We could call this episode yeah. Epic Piecast, episode 53. Sure. Nelson and Mark and Sam and Bill. <laughs> no. Okay. I think we're done. Hey, it's really good to see you again. I know. So maybe we should do a monthly podcast together where we Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy. Uh, I mean, this oh, was fun. You having commitment uh, issues? Yeah. Are I'm, you hosting a few different shows? Look, I look. I didn't. I didn't want to say anything before. I gave but, you the month off. It's you know. I've been, fair that you looked for something. Yeah. Else no. I've been. I've been invited to other podcasts. That's fun. And, you know. It was. It was. Look. You're. This is fun. You. You're really fun. This show's fun. I get it. Um. It's not you. You think this is the first time I've heard this? It's me. You know what? It is you. This has been episode 53. Thank you so much for listening to the Epic Podcast. Please join us every single month for all kinds of pop culture or maybe not so pop culture shenanigans. I have been your host, Nelson Lugo. I have been your other host, Shape of the Dark Lord. Be safe, internets. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Epic Podcast. We'd love to listen to you, too. So send us your feedback, questions, love mail, hate mail, recipes, and fan fiction to epicpiecast at gmail.com.
As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Podcast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Wikipedia Kwanzaa to see what all the fuss is about cause our intuition said that tradition might be ruled we Wikipedia Kwanzaa it was created in 1966 the name Kwanzaa derives from the Swahili phrase first fruits Get old after a while And the Hanukkah to do is not my style So we click another word that's marked in blue And take a journey to discover something new We Wikipedia Bob Ross He was born in Daytona Beach first marriage ended in divorce in 1981. We Wikipedia'd Rick Ross. He's not related to Bob. And we're pretty sure he's murdered at least two guys. And did you know that Spam sold seven billion cans? And cold weather stimulates your mucus glands. And Adolf Hitler was the biggest Disney fan. We Wikipedia jet fuel. And we don't think that it can melt steel beams. Now we have some questions because the facts aren't adding up. So then we went on the dark web. We 
we're getting radicalized Now we own fake passports And I think Bill just bought a grenade I bought a grenade Every day We Wikipedia Kwanzaa Even when we're on a budget We still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up Stunning high-end goods For 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater Starting at $50 Luxurious Italian leather bags And so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.